Before we start, let me tell you about our newest sponsor, Plum. I'll be honest, I don't know much about investing, but Plum's auto-investment feature helps me find the simplest ways to invest in funds such as tech giants like Apple and Facebook, or my personal favourite, the more eco-conscious option of clean and green companies. Funds are basically a bundle of companies put together under a theme or a particular industry, and Plum lets you invest as little as £1 in the ones you like. This means you can turn your spare change into money that works for you and join over 1 million users in the UK who are using Plum right now. Click on the link in the show notes to sign up and get started with Plum today, and you'll be supporting us, the sequelizers, as well by doing so. Of course, as always, when it comes to investing, your capital is at risk, and the value of your investments can fluctuate. Thank you to Plum for supporting us, and now, on with the show. Everybody and welcome to season motherfucking nine of Sequelizers. You probably can't already tell, but I, Jack Chambers, the host as always, am in the same room <laughs> as one Mr. Matthew Stogden. Whatever possessed God in heaven to make a sequel like Rambo? Good question, Matthew. Good question. Thank you, Jack, who's in the same room as me. And also in the same room. What? For the first time <laughs> in nearly two years, <laughs> it's Tim Matum. What you must understand is that we have to interrogate you. To Jack here, you are a piece of meat, a laboratory experiment. <laughs> but to me, you are a comrade, similar to myself, just opposed by an act of fate. <laughs> it's funny because I'm vegetarian and therefore don't want the piece of meat. But welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to season nine. As I said, the three of us are in the same room for the first time since we recorded Prometheus mm. back in episode one of season six, three seasons ago. It's been a very rocky period getting here. We've been adjusting to a remote recording in so many <laughs> yeah, capacities, yeah. internet's being weak and out oh, of sync God. and things, but we're now here back in the room for now. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, to, to put this into perspective, it's early October when this episode comes out. And there may be an October lockdown here in the UK. Yeah. So fingers crossed we don't have to go back to separate recordings and remote recordings and Zoom and all that bollocks again. Mm. I'd like to continue doing this. It's nice to actually look in your eyes and, and talk to my fellow sequelizers in the same room. I find it remarkably uncomfortable. I'm used to just being able to just <laughs> mute, the, mute the mic and fart. And now I'm like, probably can't do that anymore. Uh-oh. I mean, you're editing this one, Matt. You'll be fine. You can just edit You're breathing it, it though. That's, that is true. That is true. Yeah, we are back in the, uh, I don't remember, back in the day, listeners. We're recording on Matt's black leather couches. And uh, it's, it's autumn, they, it's fine. They get real sweaty. Yeah, that's true. It's still quite humid and hot here in the UK. Mm. So it's like, true. And we get, we get really hot and sweat when we talk about stuff. We get passionate <laughs> into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, passionate podcast. The juices creates... get flowing. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of juices flowing. And for this episode, we are, in fact, talking about an, an interesting sequel. We'll talk about Rambo, a.k.a. slash, hold on, First Blood Part 2, <laughs> which makes no sense as a title. I mean, it exists because of a, it exists because nobody called it First Blood. Everyone just said, have you seen Rambo, the Rambo film? And Rambo became the thing in the same way Rocky was a thing. And, but then 
John McClane didn't no dial wasn't released as McClane Die Hard. Well, the, there, the is die a, die Hard is there is a rumor that the new Die Hard is going to be called McClane. I mean, fucking of course, because everything. It, it, oh, we can't call the new Rocky Rocky. We're going to call it Rocky Balboa. The fuck are you talking? We're going to call the new Rambo John Rambo. Mm. For fuck's sake. Not everything has to be the name of the main character or one word and stuff like that. It's just sell the brand. Yeah, it's all branding and marketing and bollocks. And as you rightly said about the first film in 1982, it's just called First Blood. And it's based on a novel. Then Rambo became a thing and was the marketable thing about that movie. And then was like... But you couldn't call it Rambo 2 because it's not Rambo, Rambo 1. Yeah, we, we run into uh, uh, Blair Witch 2 problems there where the <laughs> titles are around the wrong way. It's like Blair Witch 2. like... Is it though? Like no. Damien Omen two. Damien Omen two, exactly. Perfect example. Yeah. Fucking eighties, man. Yeah, yeah. They just make a mess of these titles. So we are, in fact, talking about the second film in the Rambo franchise, <laughs> the sequel to First Blood. Oh god. Second Blood. Second Blood. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. That's what the that's what the sequel, the pitched sequel, is called. Second Blood. Blood harder. <laughs> blood hard with a vengeance. <laughs> Oh dear. But before we get to getting into Rambo 2, that's what I'm going to call it. First Blood 2. Everybody calls it Rambo 2. Who knows what it's called. Before we get into fixing that movie and all the rest of it, let's give a little thanks and a little shout out to the lovely people on patreon.com slash sequelizers. Because if you go there, you can get ad-free episodes, you can get early access to episodes, and now we're back in the main season, you get outtakes again. We're back with the outtakes, and we're in the same room, so it's even funnier and sillier than usual. <laughs> We've done a summary for those of you who, who have listened to uh, our previous outtakes way back when in the Born Legacy outtakes in yeah. the pre- previous seasons. We're capping off something. We're doing a sequel to that outtakes three months later, and we're capping off our summer movie draft as crafted by one Mr. Tim Matum. And uh, interesting results, ladies and gentlemen. Very interesting results. Patrons. You'll hear that very soon. Interesting results for an interesting summer of cinema. (laughs) To say the least. Yeah, absolutely. So if you do want to get in on that, you can go to patreon.com slash sequelizers. Join us at the £10 tier or higher. You get all the exclusive content. And you get all the back catalogue of all the exclusive content as well. All the previous outtakes. All the exclusive episodes we do during in-season stuff. And yeah, we're working on some more stuff. Now we're back in the same room together. We can start doing more stuff together. And fingers crossed we can expand that extra content a little bit in the future but bear with us while we get back into the swing of things doing everything but yeah you can get all the exclusive stuff discounts on merch exclusive merch you can get your face drawn by one mr john scarrett if you go to patreon.com it's a delight i know plenty of people on the on the discord throughout the months and throughout the years have got their their little avatars as emojis on the Discord. So <laughs> not only do you get an avatar, you actually become an emoji permanently. Emote with your own face. Exactly. You can approve or disapprove of things with your own little cartoon face. Is there anything more powerful than that in a Discord? I don't think there is. A ban hammer. Oh, I've got that power. Which we possess. Yeah. <laughs> only the three of us have that power in yeah. the Discord. And uh, if you go up to the highest of tiers, you can, in fact pick an episode for us to fix that's not this episode i hasten to add but there will be some later on in the season we've got some patron picks some some very interesting ones some of them i'd literally never heard of some of them i didn't know existed and then someone was like oh yeah okay cool okay we can get around to that and we call those people the executive producers because they are lovely people who support us at the highest of the tiers and those lovely people are Mr. Mike Salvia. 
push it. Don't push it, I'll give you a war you won't believe. Michael Belcher. Let me come in and get you the hell out of there. Did your first blood. Jonathan Firth Clark. Murdoch. I'm coming to get you. Josh Miles. Mission accomplished. Josh van der Sluis. I'm no tourist. And Xenos. Live for nothing. Or die for something. Well, thank you for your support, gentlemen. We really appreciate you make this whole thing possible and allow us to do 12 episode seasons, extended into seasons, and all the cool extra stuff we do, like live streams and all that kind of stuff, is made possible by the wonderful people, the executive producers, and the patrons. Thank you so much for your support. <laughs> so let's get stuck into some rambling. Rambling with old John Rambo, shall we? I don't give too many fucks about Rambo. <laughs> I love Rocky. Rocky is some of the most Rocky important is, to me. Rocky is so much better than Rambo. Rambo is just and there's 80s some there's some shitty Rocky films. Yeah, but yeah, the highs of Rocky are a lot higher than the highs of Rambo. I would argue there's one and a half good Rambo movies, which is First Blood and some of the bits of John Rambo, which is the 2008 one, something like that. And then we had. Rambo Last Blood a couple of years ago, which was a big piece of shit that well, I did not I'm enjoy. I'm going to give you some numbers. Oh, okay. Not actual numbers, just just dates. Right. Not, so, not actual numbers. Yeah. Maybe, Squiggly you, six. You might have thought <laughs> I was going to be. Pie. Squish, grand. You might have thought I was going to be giving you uh, budgets and things. I'm not. So, 1982 First Blood. 1985 Rambo First Blood Part 2. Rambo 2. 1988 Rambo 3. 2008. Rambo, 2019, or John Rambo in certain areas. Yeah, yeah. 2019, Rambo, Last Blood. Now, round the room. How many of these have we seen each? Should we start with Jack? Is he's, uh, spoilers, everybody. Jack's fixing this one. it. I've seen them all. Jack's seen them all. I yeah. have seen them all. Tim? I have seen one and two. Tim? Tim and chosen wisely. Possibly, yeah. maybe a little bit of John Rambo, but I don't think so. Tim is the purest. What? Yeah. <laughs> As always, Tim is the best of us, has made the best yeah. choice. Because there's a lot of shit in the middle there, basically. So, okay. okay. First Blood is a very interesting... I mean, this is kind of the, the quintessential tonal shift. It's First a classic Blood, sequelizer's dilemma, isn't it? Very yeah. much so. First and Blood... And ki kind of a classic Stallone, because... It well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This was the thing, because I, like... I hadn't... I, I had seen... I thought I had seen all of First Blood. Mm. Turns out I'd seen about half of First Blood. Right, right. Oh, okay. Um, and then watched the rest of it and then First Blood Part 2 in preparation for this episode. Mm. And in my brain, because I knew what First Blood was like and I've seen some of the Rockies, they're very wedded together because they're both very good first films that very quickly become commercialized and become cheesy 80s bollocks yes yeah and i was shocked when i checked the like timeline of it and rocky 3 comes out before rambo yes the first uh, yep. before first blood stallone's already a big star like, yeah he's writing and directing his own movies and shit and, yeah mm -hmm. because to me like the the bloat and excess of rocky 3 <laughs> it feels so weird that he could go from that 
to come da- back down to first blood, which is very like pared down, and no, like he's obviously in great shape in first blood. Yeah, but he he's not that super muscled, greased up eighties yeah. action star. Not not to spoil it, I have a similar kind of plan for where I'm aiming mm. my pitch for. So. Mm. Mm. It, uh, well, I'll come to this later because there is actually a genuine reason for that, Tim, mm. um, behind the scenes. Money. Kind of. A, li- a little bit. Kind yeah. of, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's, a, there's a big thing. But it is weird because, yeah, you're right. That, that, that you, you tend to think, oh, they must be released side by side. Yeah, to it me, it's worse together. In my brain, they're happening simultaneously because they go through that, such a similar arc. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, they're around that same period. But yeah. It's... And I, I think First Blood, because it's 82. It still feels like a 70s movie. It does. It really it does. It really does feel mm. like if it came out in like 78, 79, I'd be like, oh, if you had asked me to guess, that's probably what I'd have blindly guessed like a couple of months ago, whatever mm. it was, you know. And thinking about how quickly the franchise turns into, as I said, schlocky 80s bollocks, like mm. it would make sense that, oh, that's the gritted, gritty 70s stuff. And then by the time you get to 82, 85, oh, the second one comes out in 82. Yeah, sure, whatever. Oh, no, no, the first one comes out in 82 and it feels like such a weird thing. You were so right, Tim, that they feel like Rambo 1, ha, 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 first blood, lines up with, lines up with Rocky 1 in the mm. way that, like, mm-hmm. it's such a grounded thing. It's such a, like, dynamic, personal performance by Stallone, which is yeah. something he hasn't done in about 40 years. An emotional years. character piece. Exactly. A very interesting, troubled individual. And, yeah. and, and a person who doesn't just fucking win all the time. Yeah. Spoiler alert for Rocky, which is a, 50 year old movie at this point basically <laughs> he loses at the beginning of rocky he, he goes the distance he goes the distance do. and that it, it's not about winning it's about him proving a point and proving to himself mm. and all that kind of stuff and first blood has a similar kind of thing and that it's not him going on this big gun toting rampage it's not him carrying two machine guns covered like you said tim oil oiled up and like slick mullets and mm. shit and all the 80s stuff rambo john rambo in the first rambo film kills one person accidentally yeah, we need to talk about that yeah. for sure. Yeah. So yeah. So so the tonal shift between those two is intense, and politics comes in. I mean, but politics is a big part of this film, as we'll get onto when mm. we talk about the source material and the actual story. But the second one, politics comes in much heavier. The third one is even today very controversial because of its politics. Yeah. And like, oh, was, oh was god, back in the news oh, recently. Yeah, because of Afghanistan and precisely. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then the fourth one has some interesting talking points. It's it's got some. Again, it's a very divisive one, I think, in terms of what it actually did. And the fifth one's... Spoiler alert, he kills shit. a lot of people in all the other movies. I, like, 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 loads clack, clack, 50 cow. Chung, 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 chung. Oh, in the fourth one, they... It's a weird thing, so they try and go... They almost think about going back to the roots and make it a bit more gritty and a bit more with yeah. kind of, like, less schlocky bullshit. But they dial up the violence so much yeah. that it becomes cheesy again. So he's like literally gutting people and their entrails fall out and you're mm. like, it's silly I, I, again. I, I know that's really graphic and violent mm. and, you know, the like sweet little Christian boy in me should be like, oh, I'm so offended by mm. that. But it's like, but it, I know it's a movie. I'm not lost mm. in the thing. It's not like you think about something like Drive or Green Room or something like that, where mm-hmm. there's just like really believable shit and then something violent happens. You're like, oh my God, that guy's head just mm. got crushed in or somebody got stabbed or whatever. Mm. It's like, it's Sylvester Stallone. You're a thing. You, you're a household name at this point. You can't suddenly go back to being like, "Oh yeah, I forgot this is Sylvester Stallone." He's cutting people in half, literally mm. cutting people in half with machine guns, and they're just 
exploding into mists of blood and fucking limbs and stuff. It's like, okay, are you trying to like be satirical about this? You is this a commentary on action movies, or are you just doing it because you like doing it? It's the mid two thousands, so it's CGI blood and stuff. Yeah, and it's, like, it's all that. Do you remember the red digital blood that happened for like <laughs> that decade yeah. from like two thousand and five to two thousand and fifteen, where everything was just like. It just looks like glowy red paint. It's like, yeah, that's digital blood. They, it they did it that almost turns John Rambo into like a Jason Voorhees type <laughs> character. <laughs> Where it's just like, Classic let's 80s. see how like fucked up these deaths can be that he yeah. inflicts on people. And they have to keep escalating as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, with the classic thing with the horror mm. slasher stuff, it's just like, well, he stabs a guy. Now he's got a chainsaw. He's going to chainsaw a guy. It's like, okay, cool. So he's going to. He's gonna snap a few necks, like yeah, that's fine, that's tame, that's that's PG bollocks, that's what that is. Yeah. And then, oh no, he's like cutting people in half from point blank range with the biggest machine gun you've ever seen in your life. And uh, I don't know if anybody's seen the uh, action movie stars with the guns removed, so they end up just doing the thumbs up. Oh memes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's the famous Rambo thing of him going like, pulling a silly face and then doing the thumbs up. <laughs> it's him holding this giant fucking machine gun, gunning down these guys. And it's yeah. like. Okay, yeah, sure. And it, like I said, that there are moments in there because it is trying to go back to the more like psychological roots of the franchise. The the fact that the first one so specifically deals with the PTSD of a veteran, and then they're just like, now he loves killing people. Like, but he was crying at the end of the last movie. Mm -hmm. Are we just ignoring this? Like, wh that wasn't that the whole point of that fucking film? So before we get into I guess anything more and, and nailing down specifically about the films and stuff. Just in case you listeners haven't seen First Blood or First Blood Part 2, a.k.a. Rambo 2, I'm going to keep doing that. It's fine. <laughs> We're doing some synopses. If you're new to the show, this is a thing that was requested by listeners, basically, to go through and, uh, yeah, basically give you a quick little synopsis. And I say a quick little synopsis. It's pretty much a full plot rundown of the first two movies. And then you'll have a better understanding, hopefully, when we get around to doing the pitch, if you haven't seen the original films. So uh, we save you the trouble of watching shitty sequels. Just to clarify, we're not going to give you synopsis for all five, I believe. No, just God, no, no, no. no just we'll talk about all five, but yeah. yeah. We would be here I'm forever. Not, yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's start off with 1982's First Blood. <laughs> Long ass synopsis. Jesus. I know. They're 700 words each. Jesus fuck, man. Yeah. That's a pitch. I know. No, it's not. Well, you know, short pitches. <laughs> a Vietnam War veteran named John Motherfucking Rambo. That's exactly what it says. That's what his mama called him. <laughs> is searching for an old comrade called Delmar, only to learn his friend had died from cancer the previous year due to Agent Orange exposure during the war. Very sad. He goes and meets his wife, and it's mm. all, it's all very sad. She does say he's gone. Oh, where's he? Is he coming back? Oh, no, so he's dead. When's he gonna come back? He's dead. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love how awkward Rambo is in that opening scene. He's just like, oh, uh, I think I've got a... Uh, I've got some, hold on. You, you know what it's like with pockets. There's, there's always something in your pockets. Yeah. Uh, no, that's the wrong thing. It's like, fucking, fucking El Stallone. Just, <laughs> I, I do nice guys who speak their mind and very slow and, you know, just like me. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Oh, Can he we... had to be in the back because he was such a big guy. You know he was a this big guy. This seems too fucking long, Sly. Whoa. But I think, I think it opens to the fact that you know, Rambo's just a bloke. Yeah, like, he's so true. normal. He's just a bloke with a weird haircut. But 
an, an arrestable haircut. As we'll find out later. <laughs> Very true. Um, so yeah, he's he's gone to meet his friend. His friend has passed away. Rambo enters a town called Hope in Washington. Great name for it's such an American town name. Mm. <laughs> he is intercepted by the town's sheriff, the now infamous Will Teasel, who considers Rambo a drifter and a nuisance and has a terrible haircut. <laughs> he ain't that fucking scruffy. <laughs> <laughs> right? I thought that as well. I thought he's a normal he's looking like a o'clock shadow. Yeah. And his hair's just a little long. Well, actually, to be fair, he's, classically he's, in, the, in the 80s and 70s, your hair's a little longer than the shortest haircut that's a military buzz cut, so you must be a goddamn hippie. Yeah. Teasel offers Rambo a lift, and when Rambo asks for directions to a diner, Teasel drops Rambo off on the outskirts of town instead and tells him that Portland is that way, which is where Rambo was trying to go, and drops him off and drives away. When Rambo tries to return to the town, Teasel arrests him on charges of vagrancy, resisting arrest, and possessing a concealed knife. Because of course he does, he's Rambo, he's got a knife on him. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Led by Chief Deputy Galt. What a piece of shit this guy is, we'll get into that in a sec. Yep. Teasel's officers abuse Rambo, triggering flashbacks of his torture he endured as a prisoner of war in Vietnam. It's a really good screaming from Sly here. Oh, yeah, yeah. When, like, the, the knife across the chest thing with the razors and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, isn't... yeah. It's some actual, like, emotional acting from a guy who was not known for his emotional acting. No, St- Stallone in this and Rocky has some very strong performances. By the end of... I mean, you'll come up with this synopsis in a second, but by the end of this movie, he gives a really good monologue. Like, yeah. This is some good fucking acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. As I mentioned, when they try to dry shave him with a straight radio, which is a terrible just just wet shave the motherfucker what are you doing? Rambo snaps and overwhelms the patrolman and fights his way out of the station steals a motorbike and flees into the woods Teasel organises a search party with automatic weapons, dogs and a helicopter. Really fast he goes yeah. mental, it's like cool get all the dogs, all the people, all the helicopters he gets like, 200 what? people in an afternoon Yeah, <laughs> for one guy for a, with a scruffy haircut right, yeah <laughs> They don't know who he is yet. They find, spoiler alert, they'll find out in a minute. But like, he just organizes fucking dogs and helicopters for one dude. Just be like, ah, he's a vagrant. Fuck him. Leave it. It's like, nope. And that is kind of the point of this movie is that Teasel just goes too far and takes everything way too personally. I mean, it's, it could almost be a very good commentary on like the over-militarization of US police. Oh, yeah. You know, and the fact that they've got all this stuff sitting around waiting to do SWAT raids. On. Yeah, they just have a bunch of M16s and shit. Just yeah, sat there like, they have oh, more yeah. guns and ammunition than half the people who went into Vietnam. Probably, <laughs> yeah. They're more well-equipped than the, yeah. the veterans of Vietnam were. Exactly. Galt spots him from a helicopter and attempts to shoot Rambo. Rambo leaps down a cliff with Galt still trying to shoot him. And Rambo kind of like throws a rock at the helicopter. He does. And the pilot loses control, and Galt, who's like leaning out of the helicopter trying to shoot with this rifle, has undone his safety harness because he's a fucking idiot. He's full on stood on the runners of the. He stood the on the runners, and he turns to the pilot. Says, if you fire wrong, I'll kill you. Like, yeah, exactly. You're a fucking idiot. You're a he's cartoon a real villain. Piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, basically, the helicopter wobbles a bit, and he falls off because he's a fucking idiot. Yeah, and he dies. That, ladies and gentlemen. Is the death. That's the the one death. That's the body that, count. That, that's the body count for this first Rambo movie. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I'm not doing a body count for the second movie. Jesus. I would be here all day. 
Teasel identifies Galt's corpse and vows revenge on John Rambo. Rambo tries to persuade Teasel and his men that Galt's death was an accident and he wants no more trouble, but the officers open fire and pursue him further into the woods. It's then revealed they get in contact with uh, somebody. We'll we'll reveal that in a moment as well. Mm. Uh, who tells him he's a former Green Beret and received the Medal of Honor because, of course, he did. He's Sylvester Stallone. But Diesel, bent on revenge, refuses to turn the manhunt over to state police. And one by one, using guerrilla tactics, Rambo specifically, non-lethally, subdues the deputies <laughs> pursuing him until only Diesel is left. I mean, he does still like Booby drill. It's bad. Drill some like sharpened sticks into a guy's thighs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not pleasant. It's not pleasant, but, but they'll he, live. But he's not killing people. Yeah. yeah, it's the Batman thing of like, did you give that guy brain damage? Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I didn't kill him. Like, well, he's a vegetable, but he's alive. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where were we? Yeah. Rambo overpowers Teasel and holding a knife to his throat, Rambo tells him he could have killed them all but he intends to give him a war he won't believe if Teasel doesn't let it all go. The state police and Washington National Guard are brought in to assist Teasel again, talking about how fucking <laughs> over-militarized and mental mm. Teasel is. And they bring in the afore hinted at Rambo's mentor and former commanding officer in Vietnam, Colonel motherfucking Troutman, who is Richard Krenner, who is fantastic. Troutman confirms that Rambo is an expert at guerrilla warfare. We already knew that. And wilderness survival, skills he honed in intensive combat in Vietnam. Elite things that make a billy goat puke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, goats don't eat meat, so I'm probably sure that's like tons of shit. <laughs> exactly. He advises that Rambo should be allowed to slip through the perimeter, escape to the next town, and then permitted to surrender peacefully later on. But confident that Rambo is outnumbered, Diesel adamantly refuses to stand down. He allows Troutman to contact Rambo and try to persuade him to surrender peacefully, but Rambo recognises Troutman, but still gives up. Still gives up. But still refuses to give up, condemning Teasel and his deputies for their abuse, and saying the name of the thing. They drew first blood. Yeah, he said the thing. He said the thing. I thought he was going to say, Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> he said the name of the thing. Rambo, first blood, part one. <laughs> What's your name? Murphy. <laughs> Rambo tries to slip through the cordon and a National Guard detachment corners him at the entrance of an abandoned mine for some reason. Oh yeah, the dickhead fucking militia. Yeah, yeah. This is all the National Guard militia guys coming in. Mm. Uh, They fire a rocket launcher (laughs) against orders and that's like (sighs) against the Geneva Convention or some shit or whatever it is. (laughs) Yep. It's against their rules and the whole mine collapses. They think he's dead but actually, surprise, surprise, John Rambo survives and he steals a big military truck with a machine gun on the back of it, and returns to town. Again, apparently he doesn't kill anybody, but he does blow up a gas station mm-hmm. and destroys a gun store. <laughs> like, okay, I mean, were people working in the gas station? No, everything's just blown up, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, Third degree burns, but they'll live. Exactly. Troutman, knowing that the sheriff is no match for Rambo, tries to convince Teasel to escape, but is ignored as the sheriff goes to kill him personally. Rambo spots Teasel on the police station roof, and they engage in a brief gunfight, ending with Teasel being shot and falling down through the skylight. Teasel survives, and as Rambo prepares to kill him, Troutman warns Rambo that he will be killed if he does not surrender, reminding him he is the last survivor of his elite unit of Green Berets. 
Rambo collapses in tears. This is the epic performance you mentioned. Big earlier. emotional shit. Mm. This is the big emotional shit where he has a huge breakdown and talks about watching his friends die in Vietnam, not being able to hold a job due to his condition, his recent cruel treatment, and how America doesn't support its troops and as yeah, all the like yay America troop stuff. But it's wrapped up in this amazing emotional performance by Stallone just collapsing exhausted and beaten and sweaty and gross mm-hmm. and just just like that's the whole point of this movie is that final moment to really show what he's been through in America as well as in Vietnam how badly mm. he's been treated in Vietnam eventually he does agree to surrender to Troutman specifically and Diesel is transported to a hospital and Rambo is essentially arrested which is not the book ending not that he dies in the book. Yep. Yeah. Which I think would may have been better. It would have been better. It would yeah. be more tragic just, and just... fitting. And then there'd be no more of these fucking sequels. But <laughs> we'll come back to that because there's actually a story about that later. I want to tell you. Yeah. On to First Blood Part 2, Rambo Part 2, whatever the fuck this film is called. <laughs> 1985. As is in real life, it's three years after the events of Hope in Washington. John Rambo receives a visit from, once again, Mr. Colonel Bloody Sam Bloody Troutman. Fishman. Fishman is back. He's working in, like, like a work prison camp thing. Oh, it's full yeah. on chain gang kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, chain he's, gang he's type breaking thing. breaking down rocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, with the Vietnam War officially over, the public has become increasingly concerned over the news that a group of U.S. prisoners of war have been left in enemy custody in Vietnam. Because America, that's why. Get ready for all the patriotism and shit, listeners. This kicks up into fucking high gear very quickly. The US government authorized a solo infiltration mission because it's Metal Gear Solid now all of a sudden. (laughs) Shadow Moses. Yeah. You got to do this alone. Play this like a goddamn fiddle. Rambo agrees to undertake the operation in exchange for a pardon for his previous crimes. Now he's in Thailand. Because he just... There he goes. He's off. It's well, nearby. They're like, yep, cool. There you go. And he's off. Uh, he's, he meets U.S. Marshal Murdoch, the bureaucrat overseeing the operation. Rambo is temporarily reinstated into the U.S. Army. This isn't how this works, I don't <laughs> think. Also, why are the U.S. Marshals the ones in charge of... Right. Like, uh, maybe, the, I, maybe there's something I don't understand about how it works. Yeah, how jurisdiction My works. My jurisdiction is... Thailand? It should, it should surely be the CIA. Like, yeah, exactly. That would make much more yeah. sense. But yeah. then, again, considering the CIA were doing stuff at that time, I imagine they were like, let's not talk about that. Yeah. Uh, he is instructed to take some photos <laughs> and confirm that the POWs are there. So it's like a, it's a secret infiltration mission just to go and like recon and confirm and all that kind of stuff. But he's not allowed to actually rescue anybody because... Hmm. Because America, but fuck well, the fuck in, the troops. In John's kind of words, thing. like I have to leave them there. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Pokemon Snap Rambo Edition. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh fuck me! The po- Pokemon is spelled P O W. Come on, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love this next line. During his insertion, Jesus, mm, John God. Rambo's insertion. Uh, his his parachute breaks, and he loses all of his guns and his equipment. Yeah, because of course you make a whole was, big point yeah. about that. you. You barely need to do anything, Rambo. Look at all this high <laughs> Look at all the cool shit you're, you're you. basically James fucking Bond. Oh, yeah. you've got nothing. He, he, Q he department's get, here. Yeah, he gets a bit of a, a uh, escape from New York style. Here's all the stuff. Oh, I lost it. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Um, 
And surprise, surprise, he's left now iconically with his knife and a bow. Which on paper Which is, is fucking cool. Cool as hell. That's great. He's he's hunting for photos. <laughs> like, Hold on a minute. Does he have oh, a camera? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe go back then. Sketch John. eyes. Jesus Christ. Uh, he meets his assigned contact, a young Vietnamese intelligence agent called Cole Bao, who arranges for a local band of pirates. Because of course there's pirates in Vietnam. Jeffrey Rush, yar! <laughs> you best start believing in ghost stories, Mr. Rambo. <laughs> You're in one! <laughs> oh, I, I don't, wish, I wish I don't Jeffrey believe Rush in ghosts. Was. I only see my ghosts in my dreams. Fucking hell! Exactly. Reaching the camp, Rambo spots one of the prisoners tied to a cross for some reason because... Torture. Torture, yeah. Torture to be understood by the American audience. Mm -hmm. And rescues him going against his orders. Because he's a man of the people. The renegade. The renegade. Doing the right thing. During their escape, they're discovered by Vietnamese troops, unsurprisingly, and get attacked by a gunboat, causing the pirates to turn, revealing they swapped allegiance to the Vietnamese and are going to hand them over for a reward. Because of course they do. They're fucking pirates. pirates. What did you expect? Rambo kills the pirates, so already body count way higher, straight away. Yeah. <laughs> and destroys the gumbo with an RPG, which was made of a big thing of it being very illegal and not great in the first one. And he's just like, cool, yeah, I'll just blow stuff up. He blows up a lot of stuff. But it's a Russian RPG, so it's fine. So it's fine, exactly. And it was theirs, so it's not his problem. Yeah. And the prisoner of war and the uh, the agent yeah the liaison the, the liaison the contact swim away to safety as he's blowing stuff up he asks uh co the agent to stay behind but they before they reach the extraction point and the rescue helicopter is ordered by murdoch to abort the rescue because rambo violated his orders because murdoch's a dickhead for basically yeah. no reason uh, you need a well, villain it's you yeah i mean they explain it a little bit later on which is basically they didn't want him to rescue them in the yeah like they did they were, we're going to come back to that find shit. any yeah. POWs. We'll, we'll yeah. get to that. Kobal watches as Rambo and the POWs are recaptured and return to the camp again. When Troutman confronts Murdoch, he reveals he never intended to save the POWs. There we go. Explaining that Congress expected Rambo to find nothing. Because Congress have gotten involved for some reason to authorize a solo. I don't understand American politics, but I feel like that's This not isn't right. it. <laughs> Uh, and they expect him to find nothing. And even if he did, they'd just leave him to die anyway. So, you know, he's just a prisoner. Who cares kind of thing. Because then they got John fucking Rambo, the most decorated officer. Yeah, rather yeah, yeah. than just Billy from a council. Just, get, got just lost. get Bob from fucking nowhere. And well, just like, yeah, yeah, the whole thing is, is it, it's sort of them saying like, well, this is just a box ticking exercise so that Congress can say, yes, we did look for the POWs. But we, we, don't care. we couldn't find them or they're not actually there. Who cares about them, basically? And it's like, well, then why go to the trouble of recruiting John Rambo to like go out and... of prison and that? Yeah. There must be so much paperwork behind that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why can't you just lie? Like the... it's if America. If, if you're lying about fifty percent of it, why not lie about hundred percent? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Why with your whole ass? <laughs> Droutman is told he will be removed from the mission to keep him from trying to help Rambo anymore because they're old mates. Rambo learns that Soviet troops are working with the Vietnamese army and he's interrogated by, by the goddamn Ruskies, their lieutenant, Podovsky, and his right-hand man, Yushin, because cool Russian name. Sure. That's why, Podovsky. Speaking English with accent, like, 
You will tell me everything. And of course, the classic response from Rambo will have always be, fuck you. Yeah. Because that's the American way, damn exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas Rambo should probably be crying in a pile on the floor right yeah. now. But yeah, you know, whatever. We'll get back to that. Upon learning of Rambo's mission from, from intercepted messages, Podolsky demands that Rambo broadcast a message to Murdoch, warning against any further rescue attempts for the POWs or Rambo. Meanwhile, his uh, former agent, collaborator, co attache. Attache. I love we're coming up with all these different names now. All these I'm just going to say woman eventually. <laughs> Fridge <laughs> infiltrates the camp disguised as a prostitute. Yeah, because it's the eighties and it's in Asia. Oh no, God. Yeah, and hides under the hut where Rambo's being tortured with electric, like prodding, basically. Very unpleasant. Rambo refuses to cooperate, but relents when the prisoner he tried to save is threatened. So there's a little sign of his humanity and stuff there. Mm. He's not an impervious action hero. We know he's, he yeah. can take it, but the others can't. And he's that's, going to, he's going to point, yeah. take it for the, for the boys. Take, it, take one for the boys. <laughs> and co. And co. As he begins to read the scripted comments, Rambo directly threatens Murdoch, overpowers the Soviets, and escapes the camp with Co's help. Yep. Just casually, just like... It yeah, ramps made, up fast. You, you made one mistake. You gave me a microphone stand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Some would argue they made the mistake of putting microphones in front of us as well. But we've not taken down. No, we any, put them. We put them ourselves. We've yet to beat any Soviet torturers with them. Speak for yourself, Tim. Speak for yourself, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> Lockdown's been hard on all of us. <laughs> Rambo agrees to take Co to the US, and of course, take it because it's the eighties. Ops. Rambo needed a love interest. Yeah, apparently. yeah. Rambo needs a love interest. A small Vietnamese force attacks the both of them and Ko is killed. Take that love interest. It's so <laughs> quick. It's so It really is. It's literally like she three stands minutes. Up. Like, it's yeah. less than that. I think it's I think it's like within seconds. it's within a minute of them <laughs> kissing. Yeah, it's it, the kiss of death. Literally. Oh my god. And then it's like one bloke runs along and, she, and starts opening fire and then she's instantly shot and dies. Yep. He had enough motivation from, oh, I don't know, being Rambo yeah. with PTSD and the war experience, but he needed a little extra nudge, and that was cock-blocking. And this is time for John motherfucking Rambo to kick into gear. Just screaming in Because he just goes out with his knife and his bow and just murders motherfuckers, as far as the eye can see, including explosive arrow exploding guy yeah. who killed Ko. He's just stood on his own in a rock for some reason. Yes, just... shooting a <laughs> shooting a pistol at about yeah. <laughs> uh, like five hundred an... yards. Yes, yeah, exactly. yeah. ridiculous. Um, after surviving the barrel bomb, because yeah, it's like a fucking video game at this point. Uh, <laughs> one of the Soviet helicopters drops. Rambo climbs on board and throws Yushin out of the cabin to his death. Oh, maybe that would trigger some sort of like. Traumatic memory about how he accidentally killed a guy falling out of a helicopter. Rambo and helicopters, and... man. This ho the whole franchise. He forces the pilot at gunpoint and he takes control of the helicopter. America! He lays waste to the prison camp. <laughs> and I say that. He really does. I say that lightly because he fucking obliterates. He it's raises just... this place to the ground. He screams. <laughs> <laughs> and it cuts away to literally. Explodes. Things that don't explode, exploding. <laughs> yeah. Wooden bridges just explode for no Everything reason. Everything explodes. It's mental. 
Uh, yeah, it turns into full-on 80s action explosion stuff. It is ridiculous. Tropic Thunder. It, it is. It is Tropic well, Thunder. Well, these things are obviously... I mean, Hot Shots Part 2. We'll go back to all the parodies and things. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it basically wipes them out and eventually extracts the prisoners of war and heading basically out towards the, the friendly side of things. But Podovsky, he's got a gunship of his own and he shoots the chopper down. But it was, it was a fake and Rambo survives. <laughs> He and shoots, him with, rocket shoots him with a rocket launcher. He was sleeping. <laughs> he literally <laughs> he does. He does, he does, does like a little fake out, like, uh, oh, surprise, <laughs> dick bag. And it's like, he can't see you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who is that for? It's for the audience. Like, me. I'm in character. He returns to base with Prisoner of Wars and Rambo, of course, after using the helicopter machine gun to destroy his the office. He just runs in and goes, yeah. oh, bureaucracy. <laughs> 80s computers. <laughs> Everything just has sparks flying Instead out. Of of computer just... done, take your job, Rambo. <laughs> 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 oh, God, it's so stupid. Uh, he threatens uh, Murdoch with a knife, demanding that he re- rescue the remainders of the prisoners of war. Uh, Troutman tries to convince Rambo to basically chill out and return home now that he's been pardoned. But Rambo has snapped too far. An angry Rambo responds, he only wants what his country, to love its soldiers as much as its soldiers love it. God damn it. Why doesn't America love its soldiers as much as its soldiers Don't love America? Don't worry, fucking 2020s, you've got that shit. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Just wait until 9/11. September 2001. Yeah. Yeah. We're not making light of that. We're just saying that the things, things changed fast. And in an actually decent line at the end here, Trauman asks Rambo, how are you going to live now, John? To which Rambo says, day by day. It's the classic one day at a time, isn't it? One day at a time. time. Yeah. Credits roll, and Rambo just walks off. Walks off like it's the fucking Incredible Hulk. It's always somber music. It's just, yeah, a sad man walks. There we go. That's Rambo too. So. Can you tell they're totally different? Yeah. Fucking hell. First Blood. Very troubled and difficult production because it's based on a book. Uh, and the first draft of it is, by the way, there's, I don't even think to this day there were any actual um, like company logos before the film starts on most editions. It's just the producers' names because it was very much like, you know, these producers were, sorry, I think the film distributors are going to be getting into producing, basically. And the film gets into it and the first cut is three and a half hours long. Holy crap. And it's shit. <laughs> it's so it's so laborious, it's so drawn out, it's so dull. To the extent that Sly Stallone was going to buy the movie to sink it so no one ever saw it, because he thought it would you know Rocky Three mm. sort of period, it would just destroy his career. So they went away and recut it to a lean hour and a half, basically, which is why it fits what you were saying about that mm. this thing. It didn't start that way. It started with some really big... That's why, for example, in one of the most iconic scenes of what I quoted earlier with the... Um, Wang, possess God in heaven and make John Rambo. And it's like, I, God didn't make John Rambo. I did. Mm. Like, okay, well done. In this conversation, Brian Dennehy goes from being in a jacket, it's like the sheriff's <laughs> outfit. In the next shot, he's in this huge sheepskin yeah. coat. It doesn't explain anything. Because the coat again, is amazing. To be yeah, fair. oh, it's great. But every single, very 70s though, but oh, yeah. every single scene is at least 10 minutes longer than yeah. it's actually what you're seeing. And so, so much is cut down to, it makes it really, it's again, it's a, 
a cut that's good. It makes it edited very well yeah, because it, of it. It feels tight and watchable because it's yeah. 93 minutes long. Yeah, if it was like. really, if it was much longer than it already is, it would start turning into a slog. Very much so. And initially, Kirk Douglas was a, attached as Troutman. And because he loved the book, he loved the idea of it. The problem was, Douglas wanted the book ending. Douglas wanted Rambo to die at the end, make a statement, make a point. Mm. Douglas was right. <laughs> um, so he went through a lot of different edits. There was like, oh yeah, one where Troutman's more of the bad guy. Oh and, yeah, entirely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Every almost every single Rambo film has this kind of. We'll, we'll get to talk about five in a second. I'll tell you something like that bullshit. But yeah, it was so many different bits and pieces in this. Um, so then the film happens and First Blood's a surprise hit because it's very soulful uh, we see really good performance from um, from Stallone and Brian fucking Dennehy Brian fucking Dennehy becomes fucking Dennehy so good yeah he's, he's a great 80s motherfucker he, he plays Teasel by the way Let's he does, he does. Yeah. and it does nail something it nails something we don't really think about much these days veterans came back from Vietnam we kind of touched us about this Weirdly, in one of our live streams where we covered Sam, the films of Sam Mendes talking about Jarhead, because veterans came back from Vietnam with a sort of we kind of won, we kind of didn't. Obviously, they, they, nobody really won Vietnam; it just stopped, um, and they they put it all out. But it, it wasn't the victory they expected. In America's mm. history had not been like in 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 America's eyes, we haven't won a uh, lost a war. Sorry, that's mm. never happened. It's like. You lost this one. No, 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 no. It was victory. It started. It's like, no, this, this was a bad mm. thing. This was a mistake from the get-go. And because that, well, there was no parade, there was no welcome home, there was always like this sort of very weird sense of shame from a generation of people who were in, in and experienced World War II. And that was a very clear, mm. in inverted commas, win for America. Yeah. This felt like a national embarrassment. And it, and it wasn't just that institutionally the soldiers were let down and the, mm. you know the, the things like PTSD weren't addressed and stuff like that, which they weren't. True. Also, because the war was so unpopular and the fact that America had lost it was so unpopular and so kind of massive in the American psyche, mm. like people would would abuse the soldiers who were coming home. Entirely, entirely. You know, and, and obviously there were atrocities carried out in Vietnam that, you know, people should have seen, you know, war crimes courts for and stuff like that. Definitely. But, but yeah, you know, that it was right at the beginning of First Blood, like, um, Teasel says to to Rambo, he's like, "Oh, with that that jacket and that flag on it, you know, you'll you'll get some bad reactions here in town." Which to modern America, where you know, even if modern wars have been unpopular, they, yeah. it's been underpinned by this: got to support the troops, got to yes. even if you don't agree with what's yeah. going on, you've got to support the the people who are actually fighting it. Iraq was a disaster. Afghanistan right. was a disaster. It's all been a disaster. It's the same sort of thing, effectively. Mm. It's all been for nothing, arguably. Mm. But at the same time, there's still the, yeah, but the people fighting it did you know, their utmost to protect their country and everything. Mm. It was very bungled from the start. Mm. The difference is, and that's why there's a lot of Vietnam comparisons with this stuff. That stuff is still in films today. Um, in like, we're talking about the, the Tomorrow War, for example. Terrible film. But they're still talking about, still talking about fucking Vietnam. Yeah. Th th that America will never get over Vietnam, and probably rightfully so and things. And mm. didn't, it doesn't learn the right lessons from it, unfortunately. But it definitely is something that's so lodged in entire multiple generations' brain. Mm. But it is very alien to us to see, like, the, oh, a troop came back from the war, and 
zero respect and to the degree of as you say being abused and it's like oh you're a bum we're gonna have to hose you off with a fucking fire hose it's like yeah. jesus christ <laughs> yeah so it's it's and also by people who did not fight in in vietnam <laughs> so yeah <clears throat> it's the classic you don't understand you're you're a cop in a small hick town so first blood very and again he just wants to be left alone mm. pretty much yeah yeah and he i find to that meet his old mate and who's then dead. who's dead? And then he's yeah. like, well, what go, do I do now? Go for a meal in a diner. Yeah. And then yep. probably move on to somewhere else. Yeah. And and that sentiment is, is a very important one. That sentiment, looking at it from a contemporary perspective, is it's very easy to see it as like, oh, it's pro-war and it's fucking this. And it's like, no, it's kind of pointing out that America, a lot of Americas and Americans and the government and things abandoned the people who were fighting for the country who were drafted. They didn't have, mm. they didn't volunteer. These weren't like professional soldiers and such. Mm. Except, you know, Rambo's the best of the fucking best. Um, these were people who had just dropped in regular citizens kind of thing. And it was, and it was br- broadcast yeah. live on television while yeah. you, you were eating your dinner. To change that to... It was to... the first war with TV. Like, it was, that it way. was. Like, and then widespread media and radio is bigger than ever and all this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, all that propaganda and all that feeding into that patriotism and building... Like you said, Tim, earlier, like you... Even if you don't necessarily support the war, you've got to support the troops because they're our boys. They're America. Yeah. They are like they're your brothers and your nephews and your uncles. They're fighting for kind of, your freedoms. They're fighting for your freedoms yeah. and against the guys in the fields in Vietnam for yeah, some reason. The people in their own country having a civil war. Yeah, with, yeah. The, the civil war that's happening. Just leave them to it. No. Uh, yeah, it, it's a whole thing. And that that the story of that war is so riddled with weird american politics and and in global politics and people as as uh, you know us being the british have stuck our nose in plenty of wars oh, we yeah. have no we fucking business being in we are in no way saying anybody is better because of this we're just saying that for this specific thing because america is the superpower that it is it dictates how its art goes as well and similarly you know, if you're going to do a film about British history and British colonial history, you're going to be covering the same sort of things. Except the fact that when British soldiers came back from occupying multiple countries around the world, we we're always heard as, oh, back in Blighty again. You jolly boys in red, you absolute heroes. Except maybe wars where things like the, um, the American Revolutionary War that we just don't talk about. Yeah. Because we didn't win that. Yeah, but yeah. So to go into Rambo two, First Blood two, Part two, two two, um, you end up with this. Th- there's a, there's a very clear agenda that is kind of still there. And, and and Jack said this earlier about the uh, the fine line of the film being the um, uh, we want the country to love us as much as we love it. Yeah, just fine. It's a good line. Yeah, um, delivered well, and it's it speaks to a a very large portion of people who feel let down and betrayed and forgotten and stuff like that. But the start of the film has a more telling line, in my opinion, and that is, do we get to win this time? It's like, oh, yeah. God. I have real issues with that line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then again, it's like, well, yes, don't worry. You can literally take out your own personal vendetta on the Vietnamese and also the Russians. And it's like, okay. I just don't understand how you go from that final moment in the first movie where he literally breaks down and is crying and shouting about how poorly he has been supported by his own country, yeah. let alone the Vietnamese. Like, mm. he blames, you know, the, the politicians and the people behind the war as much as he does 
mm. his enemy combatants in the war. Mm. That's the whole fucking point of that speech. He feels mm. let down by America as much as he did by being in war in Vietnam. Mm. Yeah. And the second one, he's like, yeehaw, America. It's only been three years, dude. Like yeah. you, you wouldn't have, you literally like broke down with PTSD. Are we not addressing this at all? And you've been breaking rocks as a slave to the system. And that's again, just to clarify, you can't. I, I don't think contemporary make it do worse? that anymore. Well, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you can't just like, it's like prisoners. You can work, right? It's like, yeah, but that's not what I'm. I'm here. We need these sentence. rocks to be well, smaller rocks. I mean, they do. <laughs> they make them fight fires and stuff like that. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's the the penal system's a thing. Yeah. Point is that it takes a very weird turn, and it never gets better. So, um, then you get to to first blood three, which is controversial now because he's taken out of it, sort of the Thai area. I think he's mm. in Thailand at the start of three, and he's taken to Afghanistan. And the whole film is a very politically driven movie. It's not just like oh oh. You know, there's an agenda here somewhere. Mm. The director is like, no, 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 no. The film is a fucking campaign. Yeah. It's, it's a thing. And by this point, it's literally just called Rambo 3. Just Rambo 3. Yeah. yeah. Done away with the, the illusion. God God forbid we have First Blood Part 5 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it's very clearly like the Ruskies are the bad guys. And, who, and this is where it gets the tricky part. Who are the good guys? And it's like, who are we fighting with? Who's my allies? And this is mislabeled, but I'm going to use the mislabel for dramatic effect. Rambo fights with the Taliban. They wanted to use so apparently the the correct um I can't remember whether it would have been or they wanted to use incorrectly I can't remember which way around it yes, is yes they wanted to use the word jihadi they did and it was like mm, I don't think that yeah. that you can't have mm. people called the jihadis being the good guys yeah like wow American yeah. filmmakers okay the mujahideen they call them the yeah. mujahideen exactly yeah. which mm. is a way more kind of like it's uh, Less abrasive to Western ears, kind of thing. It's still Islamic that, gorillas. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Mm. I think like a jihad and jihadi have this kind of tension in in the West. This now. century, yeah. I mean, this they, century. Yeah, they do now. I think it, it, at the time they were allies. It was, they it were was, training them up yeah, to be. It was yeah. A concept yeah. because so much of of sort of Islamophobia was sort of came out of nine eleven. Yeah, that's I true. Think it that's was, true. It was just less understood at the time you probably could mm. have got away with calling them jihadis and not mm. you know and they obviously be in an inaccurate term and yes yes know, of course but yeah it's it's fascinating how that political <laughs> you know yeah, at the end of the day it's the classic thing of like when when it post 9-11 there's a talk about like uh, all the situation was going on and then it was quietly said like oh yeah who are these people exactly oh well, we trained them to fight the russians it's like wait what it's like, yeah, they have American training. What? Yeah. And, and in the same way that, you know, in the Gulf, it's like, how are these guys so armed? Oh, the British sold them the guns. What? Yeah. Why'd you do that? I mean, there's an old Bill Hicks thing. It's like, these are really powerful weapons. How do you know? Uh, I checked the receipts yeah. and we sold them to them. Exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. shit. Um, and that's kind of the point. Um, it is, it's one thing making a political commentary or a satire about what's happening at the minute or whatever. It's another when you're trying to um, dictate the narrative, shall we say. And that's what this film was trying to do. And again, positive or negative for a film purpose, for art. Films mm. do this all the fucking time. Uh, except Rambo 3 is a, just a boring shit film. Then there's yeah. a huge, huge gap of 
20 years? 18 years, 20 years, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 88 to 2008, yeah. So 20 years, yeah. Exactly, and then yeah. Uh, John Rambo comes out. And for the most part, it's actually, it's all right. And, and again, to, to, to just bring out a bit of a thing here, these books are all written, um, oh, who is it by? Uh, Moral. David um, Moral, yeah. Yeah, and he actually liked the tone of Ram- John Rambo, the fourth one, because he said, that's the more like the book. This guy who is angry and tired and frustrated, but this is all he is. He can't not be that yeah. character, that, that ball of vengeance and fury. He's like, yeah, I, I understand that. Um, but it becomes, as Jack said earlier, farcical by the end of the movie. And it's just literally just, you know, muscle man rips through yeah. faceless villains, basically. Yeah. Last Blood is comically shit. And went from being originally set in Mexico, then it was rewritten to call, be called The Savage Hunt, where he would kill a genetically modified creature that had been let loose. Holy so kind shit. of predator. Then back to being Mexico kidnapping story. And then it was like, no, and by the way, through every time I say every time I say then, sliced alone and announced publicly, I'm done with Rambo now. Yeah. And came back again. Um, then it was like, it's gonna be a reboot. Then it was gonna be a prequel. Then it was gonna be a TV series. Bear in mind, Sly is 72 at this point. Yep. Um, then, according to Moral, um, the studio were like, oh, we want a certain film. And he and Sylvester Stallone had a lot of conversations about what they were going to do with this movie. And the studio said, no, we want a human trafficking story. That's what we want. Mm. It's like, okay. But they feel that's the most important thing. In, and, and to be fair, in 2019, I know people haven't seen it, Probably, but um, in 2020, one of the big things about Black Widow, which would have come out around the same sort of mm. time, human trafficking is a big part of that that plot. It's a thing that studios want to talk about, which is again not not a bad thing, good thing to shine a light on it. But yeah, that's why Taken so good, right, guys? Taken. Um, but that's the thing. Take. It's it's very much a driven by numbers thing. And when it eventually got made, it was shite. Um, just big ball of shite. I'm not going to spend much time talking about it. So essentially, and, and was very controversial for oh being God, like. Yeah. Mexicans kidnap people and behead people. You're like, you mean the drug cartels, right? You're like, yeah, the Mexicans. Uh, Not all Mexicans. Mm, yeah. Kind of painting with a broad fucking yeah. racist brush there, by Sicario the way. Sicario nails it perfectly. Oh, it's so Sicario so, so good. Last Blood has... Oh my God. It Again, it's trying to resurrect that Vietnam thing of you can't trust anyone. They are the jungle. And it's like, well, no, but it's a civil war and they're two separate sides. They just look the same to you because they're Asian and you can't differentiate between the two factions because... Not American. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> obviously there's Asian Americans fighting in that war as well. Oh, That's the but this thing, if I think about the Five Bloods, for example, and you've got the veterans who are old men going back and some right. like, yeah, Vietnam's yeah. a cool country. It's amazing. Coming back here is such a weird thing. And you've got Delroy Lendo's character like, nope, I will not talk to any Vietnamese people at all. Fuck that shit. Fuck them. I was like, oh. And that stigma continued with a lot of people living in America. Yeah. Being Vietnamese Americans or just so. Asian Americans. Classic because, racism at home. Again, the, the, the painting with the broad racist brush of like, are you an Asian American? You probably support Vietnam then. Or in World War II, you supported the Japanese. Better get in the, the, and, and the camp. Germans and the Nazis and all this yeah. kind of stuff. Like, yeah. And Japanese Americans were being put in prisoner camps in america and yeah. just being like george decay was in one george decay has talked mm-hmm. about it yeah um it's so weird like thinking about how you never really think about like the the 
the way it resonates in the country, even if it quote unquote won the war, mm. there's still that lingering xenophobia and racism and us versus them mentality that is just instilled in the public throughout years of conflict and propaganda and all this you bullshit. need a simple bad guy yeah you need someone you can hold a post up and say this is them they Podolsky, all look like yeah. this they're Big all angry Podolsky, russians yeah. yeah russians they all dress like this they all smoke the same cigarettes they're all the same that little pencil mustache that's how you can identify them it's like okay fine kill them there's a great quote talking about how they needed to find some evil looking soviets for rambo oh, 3 yeah and uh one of the producers or i was the director or producer or whatever it was i watched a youtube video about sure. it and they were talking about like yeah, we were sent out to Russia to find like these, the, the scariest looking motherfuckers to just be cast of these, the bad guys, basically. They're going to surround the Soviets and just be this towering wall of scary Soviet muscle and, and grimacing and stuff. It's five of the handsomest blue-eyed blonde <laughs> dudes I've ever seen in my mm -hmm. life. And they were really nice. And we all just had drinks together. And they were like, we can't cast these guys. They're too nice. <laughs> yeah. Acting and people. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. simply like, who's the scary fucking bad guy in Rocky Ford, the Russian? A Swede. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll get into that whole thing yeah. of like, yeah, yeah, it's all, that's all Eastern Europe. I'm like, mm -hmm. But then it equally is the classic thing, like contemporarily, brown person, problem yeah. solved. That's yeah. the bad guy. Yeah. But we digress a little bit. The point is that First Blood is a very interesting uh, analytical piece about how. The effects of war, the impacts of war, being soldier, fighting for certain things, belief, manipulation, etc. The second one is has elements of that, certainly, and I think some very good positive elements it about th that. It thinks about it, yeah, yeah. But most of the time it just wants to really let fucking rip. It wants to crack through and say, just just let the dog out. Just release him. Just let mm. everything explode. Just let him kill it's, everyone. Yeah, it's, just, it's just all waiting for that insane, like, 25 30 minute sequence where mm, it's all just all the explosions it's just R rambo murdering <laughs> tons of dudes and he kills one person by accident in the first movie yeah. and it weighs heavily on him it's a, it's such a change it's the whole fucking point of that movie yeah yeah because it it uh. is interesting because you could there's a lot of surface parallels between the two where you go like, oh, there's bits in the second, you know, he's he's in the second one, he's let down by the the people who sent him on the mission, and you know all this kind of stuff. But when you dig into it, it's stuff like in First Blood, Part Two, Rambo Two, Desmond Two Two. Um, <laughs> it's um, it it goes for that kind of American populist thing, where the the people who are bad are the ones who are in charge. Yep. It's the ones who are giving the orders. And then you the know, pencil pushes behind the desk. Exactly. You goddamn bureaucrats. Mm. Whereas in first blood, yes, those people are the problems, but it's also, it's everyone. It's the, it's yep. how the entire country has reacted to people like John Rambo when he came back. Mm. And the fact that no one really gives him like this, even the deputies who are kind of more sympathetic to him at the beginning, don't stand up to the ones who are pushing him around, who, yep. are, who are straight yep. up abusing him. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and that subtle difference of, you know, everyone's against him versus like, ah, but it's, you know, it's just these bureaucrats, like, makes so much difference in how yes. the film plays out. I think it's a weird subtlety, but I always think of it as like, it's everyone is against him, and then the rest of the movies, it's him against everyone else. 
Like, yeah. It's him outwardly projecting and attacking everyone else rather than people coming in on him and making mm. him feel more lonely and isolated mm. and all that kind of stuff. Well, it's supposed to be him trading the jungle of, of Vietnam being surrounded and outnumbered to coming home and still feeling surrounded and outnumbered mm. and then going back to, ah, just kill the world. Um, there's two examples. One is, is the Hurt Locker does that quite well mm. where people come yeah. back and mm. you're, Jeremy Renner just trying to shop for cereal despite diffusing bombs like a week earlier and just doesn't know what to do with himself and just mm. so lost and confused. Again, Jai does the same thing. But in terms of the tonal shift, it was very much noticed by the public, enjoyed by certain people, because we're getting to like 80s slasher horror, like, you know, it was all very much by the numbers sequel kind of thing. And very famously, uh, there's a Weird Al Yankovic film called UHF. Oh, and yeah. in that movie is a trailer for Gandhi 2. Mm-hmm. So... Gandhi had come out and won Oscars and been amazing. And it's a great film. I really, really, really enjoy it a lot. Um, directed by uh, Richard Attenborough, starring Ben Kingsley. Um, and then in Gandhi 2, he comes back and just <laughs> lets fucking rip. And his like, peace was never an option kind of thing. It's like, starts plowing through people and machine gunning and beating people in alleyways. And it's hilarious because it's just talking about Rambo. Right, you've taken someone who's literally almost a pacifist because like, I don't want to fight, I don't want to do this, I don't want to get involved. Just leave me alone. Just give me what I want. Just let me pass through. Treat me with respect. To I'm gonna fucking destroy every motherfucker under the sun. And then Weird Al literally dresses up as Rambo with like the muscle suit he does, and, and yep. the mullet and stuff, and like yep. yeah, yeah. And then in Hot, Hot Shots Part Two, we have the whole using a chicken and a bow and arrow and the, the kill count thing. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um. It's it's absurd, and obviously you know the classic eighties nonsense of like you get a couple of guns go ching 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 ching. I was like, where's all this ammunition coming from? It's ridiculous. But that was very much the height of the Reagan era eighties stuff. Yeah, it was show America winning. Keep yep. showing it. Even the message big was supposed muscly to be like, Americans and and an Austrian shooting big guns <laughs> and big muscles. Yeah, because nineteen eighty five is the same year as Commando. Like, yes, it is. Yeah. To yeah. put it out in perspective for those of you who don't know, it is like the biggest, most atheist Arnie movie. And Back to the Future. And Back to the Future. And it starts off with like, oh, it's him and his family and all this kind of stuff. And then he's lifting trees. And then by the end yeah. of the film, he is shirtless, oiled up to perfection <laughs> with just a bandolier of these giant bullets and running with, holding like five guns at once, just mm. murdering dudes and delivering all these amazing one-liners and stuff. And it's like, Yep, this is where 80s action is. This is like the pinnacle of it right here in 85. And America was in a weird... I mean, a lot of the world was in a weird weird place at that point. And it's the Cold War. And so there's no real conflict in terms of the public. Like, the Russians are always there. The bad guys are always there. We've just come out of it now. But this big wave in the 2000s and 2010s, especially of 80s nostalgia. Mm. We're now in the 90s nostalgia. nostalgia. And it was all like, oh, the 80s was so cool. The best time. Are you fucking kidding me? If you look at all the films set in the 80s, it's about how bad things are. It's like, John Rambo's a fucking national hero. Can't get a fucking break. Um, <laughs> Mighty McFly needs to go back to the 50s when times were better, apparently. Yeah, nobody really talks about that with Back to the Future. Of kind of like a, see, the 50s were great. It's like, mm, mm, for, for, for you, mm, white boy. Yeah. Um, and it's like, Hill Valley's a piece of shit and everything. The, the, the cinema isn't showing films anymore. It's showing mm. like porn and there's a homeless dude on a bench. It's it's like everything is shit, and it, to, and you know in the, in the in the Wall Street mindset, you know uh, of greed is good and yuppies and shit. And it's like this is what the eighties kind of was pumping out, but at the same time, it's doing the. But you know what? We've still got fucking heroes, and they're all, you know, Adonis ripped up motherfuckers who can 
punch the world in half in the same way we have superheroes now in the same sort of mm. weird capacity. Well, there's 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 a whole kind of theory of like when a when a country feels kind of threatened, then the the cult the pop culture that it produces yeah. becomes very like aggressive and macho and and focused on strength. And so when you have a country that you know that America's like economy had stalled out in the seventies, it fucked up Vietnam. You know, you've got still got looming nuclear threat of the Cold War, all these kind of things. It makes sense that they then look to something that was so like hyper masculine and focused on strength and domination in the same way that they. Superhero movies have kind of become that now. What with climate change and economic despair and COVID and hey, you know this, you're living in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, the. Politics, sorry, it's Rambo. Um, the the US defense budget is I think they did a statistic recently where per in the UK, for example, I think China's the second most defense budget. That's mm. scared a lot of people. I'm like, well, not if you look at the actual stats. Britain is like the third or the fourth. And in the United Kingdom, it's based on populace, it's like a hundred pounds per head is spent on weapons of defense. It's like that's fucking crazy. In America, it's two thousand dollars per head and there are more Americans. They spend like there's about seventy Six million uh, British people, I think, in the UK. Yep. Like mm. people living in the UK right now. Yep. Give or take. There's like 332 million Americans. Yep. America has uh, more... like five times yeah. the amount of people nearly. Th- their dis- defense spending is several hundred percent higher than anywhere else, but they're so terrified of being a victim. It's like, but you're the ones attacking everybody. And I'm, I'm I, not going to. Into... I saw a headline, like, I think it was earlier today, actually. Mm. That was like, um, it meant to be shocking. It was like China's uh, China's defense oh, yeah, spending yeah. is three times bigger than the UK's. And then it showed a graph, and it's got like UK was about like thirty four million, China's was like one hundred and thirteen million. And then at the top of the thing, way bigger than everyone else, is like seven hundred ninety eight million was the US. Yeah, it's, it's like, all grayed what, out. <laughs> what, what's that at the top of the chart? Like, yeah, like, why bit, bit, why bit, is it China that you're, uh, you know? Yeah, why about that? Yeah, I mean, it's the classic going back to Rambo three. It's the they're our allies at the moment, where so yes. everything's fine. It's the mm-hmm. classic like, yeah, we'll support the the Russians in World War Two because. The the Nazis are the bad guys, and Stalin's fine. He's on our side. Yeah, isn't he? He's one of the big three. Isn't he pretty bad? Like he's Russian Hitler, right? No, 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 no. On our side, he helped us beat the nasty Germans. It's like okay, fine. But now he's got too many. What about the Taliban? Well, I mean, you know, we Russians. We had to beat the Russians. Those dirty Russians. We had to beat them. So I mean, no. Korea as well with the whole China commies exactly oh my yeah, god yeah. it's it's all the same shit and yeah, always has been it's this like perpetual loop of like oh we fund these people who dethrone these people who defeat these people and then they come back round and as you said Matt it's the weapons of mass destruction like yeah, how do you know yeah. they have them it's like we've got the receipts because we sold them the fucking things it's <laughs> Saddam Hussein and Osama bin Laden and the CIA and I know we're going down a very deep weird political rabbit hole this here is- Rambo. But welcome to Rambo, motherfuckers. <laughs> well, just just to extricate us from that that rabbit hole a bit, because we talked talked a lot about the the kind of the the inherent problems with the politics of Rambo and and how it the change from First Blood to First Blood Part Two. Also, First Blood Part Two is a bad film. Well, that too, correct? Yeah, like yeah. we haven't really the, talked about that very much. It's so stupid in certain parts. Like the the whole thing with his love interest is so 
it hits the cliche right on the head with zero self-awareness of like she says like oh can i can i come to live with you in america in sweet like, beautiful america so, yeah lovely america it's like yeah maybe, maybe you could do that and then they kiss. <laughs> Maybe I'll like clean said, my dishes. 30 seconds later, yeah. she gets shot to death. And then he's like, oh, my God. Oh, my no, God. I'm going to blow my motherfucking up. She was going to see Coney Island. And you have that <laughs> ridiculous moment of him firing the explosive arrow into the guy who shot her. Yeah. It's so it's, good. That it, explosive arrow. <laughs> that shot is so good. It's so video but game. the worst at the same time. Yeah. It's so absent of tension pretty much at any point. You yep. never like yep. the because in the first film, the tension isn't really will John Rambo make it out of this okay? Because you know he will because he's so competent. Oh, the Bond in, argument, yeah. In in the first film, it's how much of his soul is it gonna cost him? There we go. Yeah. There we go. It's, and it's about how fucked up are they gonna get? Kind of in the way that, you know, you don't particularly like supporting cast of a lot of horror films. Mm. Like you're like ah, it's time to watch these obnoxious teenagers die. But also like quite like that one. Oh no, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and the second film, because it's not engaging with any of those topics at all, there's no tension to it. It becomes like watching a video game on easy mode, where it's yeah. just people running into the sights of John Rambo's machine gun <laughs> as he just stands there screaming, screaming, topless and screaming. Just... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's very interesting because I think slasher films and horror actually do share more of a parallel with the Rambo films than war films do. Mm. Because it's like you've got this central character who gets beaten up and abused and crushed by arguably the system or people or, or just a previous offense somehow. Like, oh, you're my country's target, so you're my next target, which is, is a military mindset. And then they have to actively transgress. They have to actively make it personal for Rambo. It can't mm. just be... Because, again, the military mindset is like, you know, aim, shoot, point, shoot, you are America's tool because that's what the military is. Mm. You break them down so that they don't hesitate, that they do what they say. Troutman told. made him into. Yeah, exactly, and that's the point. Except Troutman's kind of always a bit of a hero rather than Yeah, Troutman striker. should be the villain of this yeah. whole thing. He should be a striker X-Men. Again, it's a Wolverine oh, thing. Yeah, if he was a striker X-Men star character, yeah. that'd be great. Troutman is 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 not I've his best fucking friend or all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like God didn't make Rambo. I did. Hmm. Well, you fucked. I mean, for a moment, I'm almost with Denny. He's like, well, you fucked up then. Yeah. yeah. And you tell me, it's like you you're telling me your boy is is gonna like literally run shop over two hundred people, and it's like you brought that many people. You need a you know big old load of body bags or whatever it is. And it's like, then that's a problem. You failed that yeah. man. Horribly. And then he's yes. like, I tried to find you. Yeah, I was in DC doing some stuff. I was like, yeah. you're a dick. Yeah, Tra Troutman's awful because he's essentially, he's taken someone and turned them into someone who, taken a human being and turned mm. them into someone who can only function in war. Like, yes. And, and, and Rambo basically says as much. He's like, you know, I can't, I'm useless in a job over yeah, here. Like, I can't the only, a job, the only yeah, thing yeah. I'm good for is killing kind of thing. Yeah. And, and Troutman's like, Yes, that's very sad. Now I have some more killing for you to do over here. Yeah. Are you good at taking pictures? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me hand you this camera. It looks remarkably like a bow and arrow. Yeah. When I said shoot people, I meant with this photography. Um, there's, a, there's an anime called Violet Evergarden about this 
this girl, which is basically she's broken down to just a machine that can't communicate with people, and then she is rehabilitated by writing love letters for people. It's fucking great. It's beautifully animated. That's my Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to get a Violet Evergarden is my Rambo t-shirt. Damn, I'm fucking yeah. definitely having that. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh, especially for our Canadian listeners out there. Do you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you can get fresh, pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all of those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tasted and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Actually, when I was looking at HelloFresh the other day, I was very impressed by their vegetarian selection. Yeah. There's like full on like tofu options for a lot of the curries and stuff. That's often a real problem with these kind of, you know, it's been a big fad recently with these big kind of like order your things to your door kind of thing, especially Mm -hmm. if it became especially popular during lockdowns and COVID and all that stuff that's been happening recently. HelloFresh has a lot of vegan and vegetarian options. And as a lifelong vegetarian myself, it's very, very nice to see they actually cater to somebody like me who can be a bit difficult with these kind of order to your door kind of box options and things mm. like that. So thanks, HelloFresh, for catering to us vegetarians. I like my tofu and my curries. That sounds good to me. And like me, if you'd like to try HelloFresh, you can go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping for our lovely Canadian listeners on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. We have a brand new sponsor for season nine the lovely people over at Audible, of which I personally have been a customer for basically a decade at this point, so I'm pretty happy to recommend them. If you haven't already heard of Audible, somehow you're listening to a podcast and haven't heard of audiobooks, and they don't just do audiobooks, they also do live comedy stuff, podcasts, you can get other podcasts on that platform as well. It is a pretty incredible platform for all that kind of stuff, and it is the largest collection of audiobooks on the internet. If you want to support us, you can go to audibletrial.com slash sequel and get a 30-day free trial, including a free audiobook. One audiobook I am going to recommend is actually the one I'm listening to right now, literally this second, listeners. No, not literally this second. But on my way here to record this episode, I was listening to this audiobook. It is, of course, Dune by Frank Herbert. Because I want to get ready for the awesome movie coming out by Denis Villeneuve because it's basically my most anticipated film of the year. So it's going to be the thing I'm going to go to the cinema for. (laughs) I know, Matt, you've been to the cinema a few times already. Yes. Post-pandemic. Tim, you've been to the cinema a few times post-pandemic. I haven't yet, but I can't not see Dune in the cinema. Mm. And if you haven't read the book Dune, I highly recommend it. But I actually really, really recommend the Audible version. Fantastic voice performances across the board. And... Yeah, a brilliant way to absorb that story. And I think I first read Dune 10, 15 years ago or so. And then this is me kind of like reacquainting myself with the story and the characters because it's some pretty deep stuff, some pretty intricate stuff. And uh, yeah, I want to get ready for hopefully the best film of the year in Dune. Out of curiosity, is this the uh, Scott Brick one? Yes, it is. (laughs) Because I'm listening to it on Audible as well. And if you two listeners want to join Matt and I and listen to June in preparation for the upcoming movie, you can go to audibletrial.com slash sequel, get a 30-day free trial, and 
a free copy of Dune, you lovely, lucky people. So if this is the first time you're listening to one of our episodes, hello! Enjoying it? Welcome. Good. Rambo. Rambo. Um, we like to assess, have a little game where we go through the Rotten Tomato scores. A bit of a caveat. The Rotten Tomato scores is not a full accurate uh, accumulated percentage. It is uh, the amount of uh, reviews that are above a 6 out of 10 or a 3 out of 5 if it is linked to the correct review. Yeah, is the <laughs> you always bring this up. Because it's fucking insane. <laughs> It was. It started off as a, as a review of the thing, and then was like, "This film is shit. Let's review another thing." I think that's on on the reviewer's fault, not on Rotten Tomatoes' fault. No, it was one where they linked to the wrong review, and the other one said it was a positive review, but they gave it a negative review, oh, and it was about a thing. football yeah, yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Oh, you fucked it." Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But the point is that it's not a completely valid metric. It's also at the same time not uh, a set in stone static thing. It changes over time. So we're saying at time of recording, this is correct. And it's a little bit of fun for us. And it gives a bit of an interesting and very weird gauge to how things have been critically received over time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, a bit of a, bit of a broad overview. And we're going to do all five of these oh, movies. Man, oh, man. Because we need to talk about it. <laughs> oh, no. So all so, I need to, from, to, to preempt yeah. this. Uh, we, you know, we always set this up like, oh, Jack's doing the synopses, Jack's written the pitch, all this mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Matt, you're on Rotten Tomatoes. And he was like, okay, cool. Got a phone ready for the show notes and stuff, so I can just look them up. You reacted audibly when you saw some of these Rotten Tomatoes scores. I did. And I was like, don't spoil it for us. No, nope. We need to play nope. the game. Maintain the sanctity and the, the preserve. I just kept saying, we need to talk about we this. We need to talk about this. Right. So I am excited and kind of terrified. And the thing is, and this, this is where I really buried the lead, as it were, when we get to the end of it, they'll say, I don't understand what the problem was. And that's when we'll talk about it. <laughs> so here we go. Five movies. First Blood. Rambo. First Blood Part 2. <laughs> Rambo 3. John Rambo. Or just Rambo in some places. <laughs> and Rambo Last Blood. I'm going to look at each of you, because I can do that in the room. <laughs> and um, I'm going to just expect a number. Okay? Okay. Like backwards and forwards. Yeah. First blood. Uh, eighty-two. Okay. I have to write it down. I, I didn't just back to home. I'm through take. that out of nowhere. Uh, seventy-four. Okay. Ooh. Rambo two. Sixty-five. Seventy-seven. Okay. Rambo three. Fifty-one. Yeah, about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the price is right. Uh, yeah. let's say forty-five. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Jean Rambo, sixty-six. I'm just intuitively spouting these numbers. No, I, I love that we, we we don't think we've ever quick fired them like this before. <laughs> yeah, uh, seventy. Oh, it feels it feels appropriate to to, to spit out these like bullets as fast. Yeah, know? the same way that Jean Rambo yeah. chews through a ammo of a machine. What I should be doing is screaming while you're doing this. Yeah. Um, and finally, Rambo Last Blood, thirty-one. Okay, and Tim, um. 40. It's terrible, Tim. 40. Okay. Okay. Very clear winner. First Blood. We had 82 from Jack, 74 for Tim. The answer is 85. Wow. Oh, okay. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. I, I was thinking it would be one of those ones that reviewed poorly at the time. And is, mm. But I mean, it makes sense that it, it did well, you know. Yeah. 
It's not, I thought we it might... didn't even really talk about how financially well it did as well. Oh, so yeah. it was low budget and very. It spoke to a lot office. of people, I think, as yeah. well. It it had a bit of a sort of disenfranchised generation, or at least people, a group of people thinking, I I, I feel seen basically, which is. Mm. Nice. And then of course the sequel, they went, oh yeah, why not? Mm. Right, okay. First Blood, John Rambo Two rambles. Um, John Two Part Two. Yeah. Uh, et Two Rambo. Oh, if you, I hope you call your cigarette to Rambo. <laughs> um, right, so Jack said 65, Tim said 77. You boys were way fucking off. Oh, no. 33. Oh, no. We've got a 50% drop. To, to, be mean, fa- to be fair, this is apparently Stallone's least favorite Rambo movie of all the Rambo movies. Mm, he thinks two is worse than three, four, five. Mm. Mm. So that one goes blood to, is the worst person to Jack as well, oddly enough. Right. Rambo 3. Ramballaban. Um, ram, ram, Rambler Man. <laughs> Rambler Man. Whoa, Black Benny. Man. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jack said 51. Tim said 45. Tim gets a point. Yeah. It is 40. Wow. So higher than two. Yeah. Sort of. Uh-huh. Yeah. He rides a horse in it and drives a tank. <laughs> he drives a tank into a helicopter. True. <laughs> He does drive a tank into a helicopter, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. Which somehow seems well, more grounded enough, than the stuff in two. Well, the helicopter is kind of like flying eight feet off the ground for it's no reason. It's far too low, yeah. It's not it could just yeah. be above it and just be like, yeah, I'll yeah. fly over the top of you. There's like, a lot of very poor helicopter driving <laughs> that, yeah, in the Rambo There's films. one thing that defines the Rambo series. It's poor helicopter pilots. If you get in a helicopter, you're probably going to die in a Rambo film, unless yeah. you're Rambo. Unless you're Rambo. Yeah. yeah. Who yeah. is killed in a helicopter. Oh, no, wait, he's not. He's fine. Yeah, no, he's I got sleeping. you, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Rambo 4, John Rambo. Um, Jack said 66. Tim said 70. You boys were way fucking off. 37. Wow. Ooh. I said this is the only other one that I like-ish. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. And finally, Rambo Last Blood from 2019. It's going to be low. It's got to be low. Jack said 31. Tim said 40. Jack gets it again. It's 26. Wow. It is the lowest rated Rambo film. Yeah, I guess that was the lowest rated one. Yeah, I I erred on the side of people being generous with these. Oh. Clearly, no. Don't worry. If we were doing audience scores, Tim would have won, maybe. (laughs) Okay, we got audience critics, and critics don't like schlocky bullshit. No, audience score, we need to talk about this shit. Oh no! So, audience score. The critic score was eighty-five mm-hmm. for First Blood. The the audience score, eighty-five. Okay, wow, okay. that yeah. so very rarely happens. It does. Yeah. We were talking about Whiplash did the same thing. It was just like it's like oh, it's the same score, yeah, ninety-four yeah. and ninety-four. So yeah, eighty-five and eighty-five. Public and critical consensus kind of aligned. Like yeah, yeah, solid film. Here we go. Two Rambo's, two Furious. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thirty-three critic. 60 audience. Wow. That's a that's a classic mm. fans like the shit. It is, yeah. Rambo 3. 40 critic. A little bit better. 45 audience. Wow. Audience don't like. Don't like 3. I think 3 is better than 2. Yeah. Maybe. Deserts so. and horses. Yeah. Okay. John Rambo. Critics 37. Audience 69, dude. Oh, okay. Nice. I nice. remember a lot of people really raving about John it's Rambo. Fine. Yeah, it's fine. Right. It's all right. It's all right. It's got because it's in the right place. They weren't people whose taste I necessarily trust, <laughs> but they were they were talking about it because th- yeah. that was around the same time as those kids did the Rambo 
film. Oh, uh, Son of Rambo. Son of Rambo. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's a good film. And that kind of like reignited the the fan interest in yeah. Mr. John. Now here's the fucking rug pull. Oh no. Rambo Last Blood 26%. The worst one. Categorically the worst Rambo movie according to Rambo expert Jack Chambers and, <laughs> and the critics. Audience score of 81. Fuck off! That's gotta, oh, that's gotta oh, be but a... The numbers fuck, are still fucking, pretty high. It's like oh. maybe five, ten thousand people saying that. And that's not like a low number of... I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah, hundreds of thousands, but that's still like a lot of love. That's enough to average out a percentage and stuff and actually get a... a and yeah, a read. I, I it's still bullshit. But, 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 we must not forget, as we mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. this is how Rotten Tomatoes work. This is true. This, this is, is true. a bunch of people being like, it was fine, six out of ten. It's the best movie I've ever seen, seven out of ten. It's the worst, <laughs> the worst movie I've ever seen, seven, seven out, out of ten. ten. Yeah, exactly. But the people use that. If something's bad, it should be scoring like twos, threes, and fours out of ten. Otherwise, those numbers shouldn't fucking exist. Mm. Fuck off is John Rambo. Yeah. That low compared to fucking Last Blood. Yeah. My know. God. So Jack, it is your turn to fix this movie. It is. As as seems to be the season trend. I am we, I am open the season. opener. I'm rarely the closer, always the opener, as some <laughs> might say. <laughs> You're the opening we all slide through. Exactly. Making your Rambo-style insertion. <laughs> <laughs> My solo insertion, if you will. No, that was back in prequelizers. You just um, want me to take some pictures of some sequels? Yeah, you don't want me to fix them? <laughs> <laughs> and Jack watches these films. I couldn't not I just, fix them. I just couldn't help myself. I had to fix the sequels. Um, Jack, I'm, you've written 10,000 words. Yeah. I'm just picturing Matt in, his, in, in some kind of weird movie critic prison camp where someone <laughs> someone comes to collect him and he's like, do we get to put a mech in it this time? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No mechs. No. I just Lo want the audience to love films that I love, <laughs> which are films like fucking Lady Macbeth and Mother. I want people to be sad. Well, people put appreciate Violet Evergarden. <laughs> Why don't they read the subtitles? Oh, my God. So I'm 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 very interested to see what you guys think about this. Ooh. Unusually for me, this is entirely original of my own work. This, this is no not like by not inspired to by anything fair, in, in First any Blood kind is of one story in a book. And that's the stops. thing. That's the thing. This is me kind of going off and trying to do something with John Rambo as a character. Spoiler alert, I don't go full 80s action movie. I focus more on the psychological side of Should things. Should be fair, Stallone always wants and to go down that road. Interesting enough, Stallone is still in my, in my film. Would, I mean, you, yeah. would you believe John <laughs> Rambo is still played by Sylvester Stallone? I thought about recasting Frank in there, but never trust a rhythm guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. Old school sequel. That's a joke back. there for your listeners and paying That's attention. Season four call. Season back. four call. Back right there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm bringing back Troutman as well, Richard Crenna playing Troutman. Mm -hmm. Apart from that, entirely new cast. Oh, no zombie Brian Dennehy. No. I'm disappointed. <laughs> no zombie Brian Dennehy. Um, one thing I really struggled with was director. And I had a couple mm -hmm. of ideas. And I thought, I'm not going down the action 80s route. I'm going a bit more, I'm going smaller, more personal, kind of keeping with the original First Blood kind of vibe. And I thought, like, so I want to do it a little bit later. I want to escape that 80s action stuff. So I'm releasing this in 1992. Okay, interesting. Mm, doing something a bit different. 
I don't disagree with that. I think that's a solid mm. idea. Uh, so Stallone at this point has, as you said, Tim, done a shit ton of Rocky movies mm. <laughs> already by the time even the first Rambo comes out, let alone this second mm. Rambo. Mm. Um, he This is around... Uh, Oh, what else is there? Like cliffhanger. Cliff, this is cliffhanger yeah. era. Yeah, exactly. This is actually the turn where Stallone goes to shit. So this is my plan. This is, this, is, this is exactly my plan. Frantically googling what when uh, Demolition Man came out. Demolition so, Man was ninety three, I believe, and yeah. or ninety four, and Dread was straight after with Judge Dread. Yeah, and it, and then like lots of daylight and lots shit. Lots of bollocks. My director is Sylvester Stallone. Ooh, I, I, yeah, I like I that like a lot. It, yeah. I like, that's, a, that's a good idea. I'm, I'm imagining him. This is him trying to do his career revival thing in the early 90s, mm. realizing like, oh, I'm running out of, you know, maybe I can go back to the old well of Rambo mm -hmm. and try and revive my career and all this kind of stuff. And yeah. like before he gets real shit, like you said, with Judge Dredd, which we've yeah. talked about extensively on the show before when we talked about Dredd and stuff like that. Yeah, this is which my, we, this we is didn't my plan. discuss this. George P. Cosmatos directed Rambo 2. We didn't even talk about him, did we? And yeah. he directed Tombstone a couple, well, not a couple of years later, but the, the next decade, which I fucking love Tombstone. Tombstone's fucking great. I love Tombstone. So obviously there was a lot of tension with three and there were a load of problems and in, in, it was a real hellish film to direct. And originally Russell Mulcahy um, of like Highlander fame was directing it. And then I think he was ousted from the set and all kinds of bullshit came on and they brought someone else in and it was, it was, it, it fared well considering, all things considered, except the box office wasn't there. But um, yeah, Cosmatos, in theory, actually, to be fair, other than Tombstone, he doesn't do anything. I'm like, yeah, he's a good director. Mm. So him not coming back, I'm like, yeah, fuck obviously. And also, because you can say even in the 90s, he's directing Tombstone, doing a good job with it. He's doing interesting stuff visually. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, at this point in 1992, we've had Rocky V. We've had Oscar. Which is oh, a fuck it big all. piece of shit in 1991. Yeah. Uh, 1992, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot is. Stallone's only credit in 92 mm. and then we go on 93 I mentioned Cliffhanger Tim you mentioned Demolition Man in 93 as well mm -hmm. and then which I should note that is not me saying ah look that's where Stallone goes no back. No, no, no no Demolition Man's Demolition great Man. yeah, that's, yeah. that's another that's, a, that's, that's, that's an his, island of joy in that's the his last good film yeah. for a fucking 15 years or something yeah um, yeah <laughs> you get Judge Dredd in 95 as you mentioned Daylight Matt mm. and a bunch of other bollocks that is just yeah not it's good meh. basically yeah. So this is my plan, is to get Stallone reinvested and personally invested in Rambo as a character. Hopefully explore him, give him some acting stuff to do so he can deliver scenes like that final speech in the first movie mm -hmm. rather than just running around being shirtless. Because bear in mind, that's 30 years ago now and he's 70 now. So he's in his 40s <laughs> in the early 90s. Like mm. He's not yeah. a spring chicken. Like he was 30-something in the first Rambo, mm. and it's like, oh, you're fresh out of the war, son. Like, <laughs> he's not 21. Like, <laughs> all these young people, like, famously, all these young people recruited mm. en masse to the Vietnam War and mm. to World War Two and yeah, the yeah. Gulf War and wars in general. That's kind of a... It's the thing with Fury, the David Ayer film. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, 50-year-old Brad Pitt's the tank commander. It's like, motherfucker, this war was fought by, like, 20-year-olds. <laughs> exactly. At yeah. the oldest. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, uh, yeah, that is returning cast. Like I said, Troutman and Rambo are back, played by Stallone yes. and Krenner, respectively, directed by Sylvester Stallone. And I'm not calling it Rambo 2 Blood First Second Part or whatever the <laughs> fuck. Yeah. I'm calling it No More Blood. 
No more blood. That Interesting. Thing. I went through a bunch of blood puns. I'm not. Oh, I, I figured. Yeah. Blood is thicker. Blood will run. There will be. No, I can't do that. Will I, be I. Starring I mean, Daniel Day Lewis as John Rambo. I want to make a bold season opener. I don't like that title. Fair but that's enough. not me complaining about you. That's me saying I think you're gonna have problems with it. I'm surprised you didn't just call it Rambo. But I, yeah, I hate that though. I know, I know. I, 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 had, that. I, I like. I thought about it in a similar way to my um, uh, Silence the Lambs sequel. Oh yeah, no, I get like, that. Yes, I'm not calling yes. it Hannibal or Silence of Hannibal Two. Hannibal Two, Silence of the Lambs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever yeah. the fuck it is. And it's something that would tie into the first one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, like I said, I went through a bunch of different ones. I had like slash this, slash this, slash yeah, this. Yeah. And until this morning, <laughs> I, I was like, which one do I actually want to oh, keep? Okay. So, uh, yeah. Because I think that's a bit, because you mentioned the blood things, all I can think of like, is like the Truman Capote book, In Cold Blood, and the film There Will Be Blood. And mm. I'm just, yeah, There Will yeah. Be Blood is where, yeah, is exactly yeah. what I thought was But yeah, no, like, again, I, I get it. I, I see where you're coming from. And we'll see what the story, maybe the, maybe the story will make me go, oh, actually, I see where you're going with this. And I like it more. I mean, he does say the thing in the thing. That's so all I need. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, like I said, I'm not married to the title. So and, any suggestions, yeah. welcome, gentlemen. Again, I'm, I'm like saying, I'm not really married to that. And then thinking to myself, is there a good Rambo title? It's like, that's, no, that's the thing. Even yeah. First Blood is a stupid fucking title, in my and opinion. Last Blood is shite. Last Blood is so dumb, especially because mm -hmm. I mean, like, you don't name a franchise Last anything unless you are genuinely never gonna make one again, and yeah. you can never know that for certain. Yeah. yeah, and the fact that like they drew First Blood is a line in the first one. I was like, yeah, that's a phrase. And drawing First Blood is a phrase. Drawing Last Blood is not a thing. No. What are you no. referring to there? That's not a phrase. It's is not Last a Blood you dying? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That you should kill him off then if it's Last Blood. That's the, yeah. the Last Blood Rambo. Will last draw, Breath probably. makes yeah, more sense. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Anyway. anyway. Uh, new cast. This is going to be fun. I've got a little guessing game for you guys. Are they all blood Ooh. puns? No. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, playing the character mm. of. Dr. Moral. Moral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Playing on the author. I see the nods. Sigourney Weaver. Okay. 90s. Mm -hmm. So this yeah. is after Ghostbusters 2 and 89. Or Dave. And this is Alien 3 and 92. Yes, that yes. similar kind of mm. era there. Uh, playing the character of Ortega, mm. Raul Julia. Oh, this shit. This is nice. in between Adam's family movies. I was going to say, he's, so he's, he's very Gomez, much alive at this point. And then Gomez, yeah. And he dies in 94 or 95, I believe. Mm. So yeah, a couple Street of years Fighter, later. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, Street Fighter is 94. And that's released posthumously when he passes away. Yeah. Good actor, though. Really good. Uh, and playing Danforth, or one word, Tommy Lee Jones. Oh. This is around the sort of fugitive, fugitive era. Yeah. Like yeah. Early 90s. Peter Pan, blah, blah, blah. Sell Boss Coffee in Japan. Exactly. And the other four people on my cast, like I said, small personal cast, all this oh, kind yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah, sure, sure. I have their real names. Uh, Ray Washington Trailer Jr. is playing prison officer. Rogers. Okay. Aurelian Smith Jr. is playing Bronson. Tonga Fafita is playing Tama. And Scott Bigelow is playing Yurkov. Who are these four people? Are they wrestlers? They, they are, are wrestlers. They're, they're absolutely they're wrestlers. wrestlers. Of course they're fucking wrestlers. Um, I need to cast big muscly men in my yeah, movie. Yeah. I've gone. I've also been watching like early 90s WWF and going back to like the new generation say, stuff. You, you, and... you did a Predator, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I Tom nearly had Jesse the Body yeah. Ventura in here, but I, no, I didn't. Tonga Fafita, is that Samoa Joe? Uh, no, this is way before Samoa Joe. He's, okay. yeah, he's wrestling now. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, these are all, you might not know. So uh, Tonga Fafita is a guy called Haku, oh, also, yes. also, yeah. also known as Meng yeah. in WCW. Yeah. 
famously the hardest bastard in the history of wrestling. <laughs> uh, I believe, I can't remember, one of my other characters here, one of my other actors, described Haku as, um, if I was in a tank with 15 shells and I was shooting at Haku, I would get out of that tank and run the fuck away. <laughs> like, that's a good description of somebody. That's yeah. Like, that's it's, so much of a tone. It's way more poetic and cooler than yeah. that as well. That's how uh, people should describe Rambo. Exactly. Aurelian Smith Jr. Yeah. is Jake the Snake Roberts, yep. who said that quote about Haku. <laughs> um, Scott Bigelow, maybe the easiest to guess. Any guesses? Early 90s wrestlers? Yeah, I know. This is... Um... The Bigelow is the biggest clue, obviously. Yeah. Got a big tattooed head. Got flames on his head. Scotty too hotty? No. Again, <laughs> that's, a bit that's too, 2000s. Bit, bit, yeah, that he's 99, 2001 oh, kind, yeah. of, kind of era. Uh... This is way before my era of wrestling as well. Yeah. So this is me I've going back and seeing, here. I'm seeing 1992 things. WWF. Hmm. That's not Ultimate Warrior shit. That's uh... is this Ultimate Warrior era. era yeah, yeah, because yeah, he's already mm. fought Hulk Hogan and stuff. Yeah. This is Hulk Hogan moving over to like WCW in the early 90s and stuff. Yeah. It's a uh, Ric Flair has just come into We're not the New World WWF. Order. Yet. No, no, NWO is no, not no, no, no. Yet in WCW. No. Uh, not entirely sure. Bam Bam Bigelow. Oh, fuck the me. guy with the tattooed flames for yeah, Andy. Sorry, sorry. Jumpsuit, the flames and stuff. Uh, yeah, he's playing Yurkov and Ray Washington Trailer Jr. This one's a bit of a joke. Uh, playing prison officer Rogers. That is Big Boss Man, mm. who, is, <laughs> who is a who is a police, police officer, officer character. Yeah. I was thinking of a bus yeah, driver. Uh, he basically looks like a big bus driver. Lad. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, they're the muscle of the movie. Okay, that makes say. sense. Again, that's very that's very late eighties, early nineties kind of mindset to go. Mm. But also, we're going to do more of an introspective view, possibly. Yeah. Also, Stallone's a huge wrestling fan. Oh and, right, and okay, that makes a lot of has sense. appeared and done guest appearances for WWF. Not yet at this point, but he has openly mm. been a wrestling fan uh. for years and has like done the whole. Oh look, who's in the crowd? It's yeah. sliced alone. Hey. And he would do the hold up the fist and like, oh, he punches his face and oh, look at Rocky go and all that bollocks. Sure. That kind of stuff. They get the celebrities in the crowd at WrestleMania and all that kind of stuff. And didn't they do the whole like uh, Mr. T Club Lang crossover at WWF? Yeah, Mr. T teams up with. Uh, I want to say Nikolai Volkov. Yeah. Uh, WrestleMania 1 against Hulk Hogan yeah. and something. Yeah, you, that's and reaching back to... Andre the Giant era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Hold on. Weird! Wrestling is very weird. Jack. Very me. Uh, yeah, it's Hulk Hogan and Mr. T versus Paul Orndorff and Rowdy Roddy Piper, Jesus which God. is the main event tag team match of WrestleMania 1. Why not? How the fuck WWE are still existing after all the mad <laughs> bullshit decisions they've made? Corruption. Yeah. Yeah, money from Saudi Arabia, speaking of dodgy politics. Anyway. So, yes, we've got a title, we've got a year. We've got a title, we've got a year, we've got a cast. We have a cast. And we director. Get, we're should, good. Would we get into the pitch? I'm excited. I'm excited for the pitch. I've, I've kept it tight. The first film is 90 minutes. 93, yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. That is my plan here as well. Okay. I'm not fluffing about. There's there's a fair few like, and then this happens. Next scene. That kind of stuff. Mm. We're not sticking around. We're not, You're not doing spending a... 10 minutes on each scene and then having to edit down mm -hmm. a three and a half yeah. hour cut. All this kind of not stuff. Not doing a Dances with Wolves. No, no. Not aiming for Best Picture then. Exactly. Um, maybe. We might get like Best Actor or Best Supporting Actor or something mm. like that. Probably won't get Best Supporting Actor. Uh, maybe like a nomination for Sly or something like that. Perhaps. Yeah, I mean, uh... I'm giving I'm giving him some emotional stuff to do and to go through. Good, good, like no, cool, cool. So, Let's think. And and a, and a sprinkling of action and fighting in there as well. So, from a black screen, a woman's voice quietly asks a number of unanswered questions. Where do you see yourself in five years? 
Do you hate everyone else, or do you just hate yourself? Finally, she asks, are you ready to talk about what happened in Hope? Camera fades in to a close-up of John Rambo, looking exhausted with a black eye and a fresh scar on his face. Moral, the tough but softly spoken doctor, is assessing Rambo's psychological state, ready for his upcoming potential release after 10 years in prison. Dr. Moral repeats her question, and John finally mumbles a reply. I never meant to kill nobody. <laughs> Get ready for Rambo impressions, everybody. We see flashes of scenes from the first film, including Rambo pushing the police officer out of a window, which we never really talk about again. I feel like he killed two people. I'm pretty sure he killed that dude. But pretty also sure he killed that guy. In, in the Batman logic. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. guy's fine. He's like, are you fucking kidding? He would never walk again, but he's alive. He still counts. <laughs> Galt, of course, falling out of the helicopter. You mentioned the official one kill of the first movie. And the final confrontation with Tiesel ending with John's breakdown. Morrill says they'll continue this topic in the next session. A younger and fresher looking Rambo is lying in his prison bunk reading a copy of Johnny Got His Gun. Nice. Classic war, anti-war oh, yeah. novel mm -hmm. type stuff. Yeah. His bunk is modestly decorated with two photos. A photo of himself as a child smiling on a ranch and the photo of his squad. That we, uh, he talks about in the it first one. The first one, he's like, oh, oh, Delmar, he's at the back because he's such yeah. a big guy and all that. You need a photo to identify this person who yeah. was your husband. Yeah. <laughs> His reading time is interrupted by a warden telling him that he has a visitor. Colonel Troutman looks pleased to see Rambo and stands to greet him. Rambo salutes his old commanding officer before they both sit down. Troutman asks for an update on how John is doing, telling the audience that this is five years after John's arrest following the events of the first film. We also learn that this is a semi-regular visit, and Troutman is Rambo's only visitor. Troutman keeps Rambo up to date on what's happening in the world outside of prison, and says he's been in contact with some of Rambo's old squadmates, Ortega and Danforth. They've heard about what happened to John in Washington, so he might get some more visitors soon. Rambo thanks Troutman for his support and says he's up for parole in a few years and, if he behaves and passes the psychological analysis, he should be able to finish his sentence early. Troutman wishes Rambo luck, salutes, and leaves. So something Rambo kind of mentions in the first film that I'm laying the seeds for here that we'll get to later on. He thinks all of his squadmates are dead. He talks oh. about that in the first movie, like, oh, mm. Doma, and all the boys are dead, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Uh, they are the names mentioned by him. Yeah, so yeah, Bronson, yeah. played by Jake the Snake Roberts, is mentioned. He goes, oh, there's Bronson, there's Ortega, there's Danforth, and there's yeah. Delmar in the back. Yeah, yeah. He's the big guy, all this kind of stuff. So that's where those names are coming from. And Rambo thinks they're all dead, basically. So yes, he doesn't seem to react to this. I'm, I'm personally kind of being like, he hasn't really clocked on. He's not particularly listening to Troutman in a lot of ways. Maybe that'll come up later on, since I've mm. cast them. Mm. <laughs> There's a little Maybe. bit of a clue. I would love it if you if you cast them and then deleted the scenes. And yeah. they never came back. <laughs> it was back. a flashback. We didn't do them. Okay. Exactly. But I want you to know they were in there. Sorry, Tommy. You're out. I'm, like, oh, I'm off to the fugitive anyway. I don't give a damn. <laughs> anyway. As Rambo returns to his bunk, he sees that his few belongings have been trashed. The photos have been torn up and his mattress turned inside out. Rambo sighs and goes to the mess room to think, not wanting to deal with his room right now. A large inmate with flames tattooed on his head. Who might that be? 1992 wrestling fans, it's Bam Bam Bigelow. Body checks Rambo as he walks past him. He asks if Rambo has a problem, and John replies, they keep him to himself, to himself, does what trouble, mumbling and trying to... Yeah. 
The large tattooed man says, tough, and throws a punch. The two have a knockdown, drag out brawl. Wrestling, yes, wrestling, and fighting inside a ring. Huh? Huh? Mm. Formed. I'm, I'm, Jesus I'm, I'm, ju- I'm taking the piss now. Mm. Formed by the other roommates. It's not wrestling style. Oh, I get I'm it. just saying. I you're saying. It's a scrap, yeah. yeah. This is a proper scrap, realistic, like they gritty live. kind of scrap. Yes, exactly. Yeah, mm. exactly. He's got magical glasses that show all the special <laughs> aliens and rowdy rowdy. Everybody's a Vietnamese soldier. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that out, Matt. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, some of the prison officers join in the crowd and they're cheering on the fight rather than stopping it. The fight is eventually stopped by Officer Rogers, played by a big boss man, mm-hmm. after Yerkov, the now identified tattooed man, smashes John through one of the tables. My God, he put him through a table. <laughs> it was a flaming table I feel like off a Jack ladder. was writing this and then in one eye watching a wrestling match and going, yeah, through the table. That's, <laughs> that's literally what was happening. Got the folding chair in the, and the ladders. <laughs> literally, I was, I was sat on my couch, my laptop on my lap, and on Emma's TV in the living room is 90s wrestling. And I was like, <laughs> God damn it, that's brilliant. <laughs> my God. <laughs> Look at these men in their pants with their shirts off all muscly. It's like, it's like Rambo. It's oh, just wait. like Rambo. <gasps> anyway. Get these wrestlers' guns. The two combatants are dragged away by the officers and sent into respective solitary confinement. In solitary, John has nightmares of his experience in Vietnam. The claustrophobia reminds him of nights spent sleeping outside, getting captured, and being imprisoned by the Viet Cong. John is trying to grow and deal with his past, but is clearly still struggling with PTSD. He is eventually released from solitary, looking drained and exhausted. He's teased by his fellow inmates for not being as tough as he should be and not winning the fight against Yorkov. Toxic masculinity. Hello, theme of the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rambo, couldn't get, Rambo couldn't catch a break outside. He can't catch a break inside. Rambo goes outside into the prison yard and breathes in the fresh morning air. He goes for a run around the perimeter fence to clear his head and sees Yurkov hitting a heavy bag in the outside gym area. A large Samoan man holds the bag for Yurkov and watches Rambo's every move. John tries to avoid eye contact and keeps on running. Which again, just keep your head down. Just keeps, his, keeps his head mm, down. Yeah, the prison mindset here is solid because mm. again, it's the whole like, just, I just want to do my time. I want uh, to keep my head down. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to play on his feeling of isolation is and now being surrounded exacerbated yeah. and being mm. surrounded by this people is a that want very, to him and all this kind of stuff. Very good opening. Playing on the themes mm. and stuff. In Dr. Morell's office, John is talking about his experience in solitary and equates the prison officer to the police who arrested and tortured him in hope. Morel tries to tell him how unfortunate he's been, drifting from one bad situation to the next. John says it's not bad luck, it's how the system works, how the country works to protect the powerful who sit at home and not help the people that served it on the front lines. Morel explains that she's a veteran herself and taps her thigh, telling John that she was injured and eventually sent home where she trained to do this job, to try and help people like John Rambo. For the first time, we see John smile. When she stands up, she walks off with a limp kind of thing. Oh, I see. She's got shrapnel on the leg. She's got shrapnel on the leg. Yeah, that's a a good shout. A A few days later, John's bunk has still not been fixed or tidied. The lights out signal sounds and the wind goes dark, lit only by the moon coming in through the windows. There's one shot in Rambo 2. Yes. First Blood 2, Rambo 2. That I actually really like it. It's him first running through the thing with all that sort of light streaming in. 
again, I can see this film being actually mm. really nicely shot and directed so far. They're, that's yeah, quite atmospheric. This, this fight in particular, this up oh, spoiler alert, there's a fight coming. <laughs> this pending event. This pending event is specifically to look cool and like uh, you're gonna have yeah. a moonlit fight very and kind of nice stuff in the very end. nice yeah. specific choice to me in no, like I, a, I like a visual standpoint it's very very early 90s as well it, very much so yes it is so. yes it is as john settles down to go to sleep two large figures move through the shadows towards his cell rambo knows what to expect as yurkov and tama his samoan colleague close in on him and these dudes to put it in perspective are like 300 and something pounds mm. each they're like six foot five mm. Sylvester Stallone, not a giant dude, despite all the <laughs> muscles and stuff that he has in many action movies. Yeah. He would be dwarfed by both of these guys being professional wrestlers. A moonlit fight ensues. Like I said, it looks cool. The three men battling around John's cell. There's no sign of any guards as Yerkov drives John into a wall, smashing and cracking the tiles. Rambo starts to get the upper hand and manages to choke out Yerkov, but Tama pulls out a shiv that glints in the moonlight. Imagining anime style, like, Sheen! oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not really, but sort of. No, I get a bit also probably like <laughs> the reflection goes off his face a little bit, very like late like, yeah, 80s, yeah, 90s yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Tama lets slip that they have been sent after Rambo because of the disgrace he brought to the Green Berets after his actions in Ooh. Hope. There's some political intrigue going on now as well. This causes Rambo to freeze momentarily, and Tama is able to cut him across the chest, reminiscent of the scene mm. in the first one. They continue to fight as Rogers, the same prison guard who broke up the previous fight, finally arrives and takes down Tama. Tama tries fighting back and to stab at the guard, but is eventually disarmed with a nightstick, signature weapon of Big Boss Man, <laughs> and knocked unconscious. Rambo and Rogers exchange nods as Rogers summons more guards to carry the attackers away. Back in Morel's office, Rambo is looking beaten up and scarred as he did at the start of the film. We've now caught up with the, yep, here the timeline and all that mm. kind of stuff. Rambo opens up about hope and Vietnam to Morel. He explains his abuse at the hands of the deputies, the sheriff hunting him, and how it all reminded him of the trauma he experienced in Vietnam. Rambo has grown to understand while he may never be free of the trauma he experienced, he can learn to find his place in the world. After leaving prison, he plans to visit his parents' old ranch to start working on the land again, as he did when he was young. Morel agrees with him, wishes him luck, and says she will support his upcoming opportunity for release. So the ranch thing is... Is that the end of... That's the end of Rambo, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. John Rambo. Yeah, he goes mm. off and like, oh, go back to Arizona. Because life alone sounds like he's from Arizona, right? Yeah. 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 But the idea, the idea that he doesn't go back to America, he's like, I can finally go back to America now. It's like, well, that's an interesting point. And then, yeah. of course, Mexico. Mm. <laughs> Rogers and Morel both testify in front of the parole board on John's behalf, reassuring them that John Rambo never looks to cause trouble or cause harm. He's been a victim more often than not, and the debt he has paid for his country should give him more credit to support his return to the American people. John Rambo is not a violent man or a killer. He's a hero. The parole board deliberate for a few minutes and finally agree on the release of John Rambo. Troutman greets John as he leaves, saluting him once again. Troutman tells Rambo they have a lot to catch up on. Rambo and Troutman are sat at a diner. Rambo finally gets it's to have diner. his diner meal. Mm. <laughs> the, li- the boyhood dream has come true. The American dream of exactly. sitting in a diner with constantly filled coffee. They're discussing what's next for them. The colonel reveals that he thinks he knows who tried to have Rambo killed in prison. 
the old squad mates he mentioned earlier, Ortega and Danforth, who actually had not died in Vietnam as Rambo had thought. And this is the moment where it all kind of clicks with John. Sure, sure, and he's sure. like, well, you mentioned that earlier. I didn't. Oh, my God. Like, and it all comes all comes back around and kind of like, oh, shit, there are still members mm-hmm. of my squad still alive. I'm imagining this isn't addressed in the film, but like they were also captured and gone somewhere else. He thought they were dead, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You get lost in the, you know, the, the mess of combat and war and yeah, stuff. Sure. You usually lose track of people and all that kind of stuff. Mm. They had heard about what John did at Hope and how he killed a police officer, mm, mm. sort of, and that he's given the Bre- Green yeah, and that he's given the Green Berets a bad name. Troutman gives John an address of where he can find them, similar to how Delmar did. He writes on a little, mm. a little napkin on a piece of paper and tells him to do the right thing. Rambo nearly begins to cry because he's emotional, acti- uh, uh, emotional acting from Sylvester Stallone. Uh, very Arnie at the end. At the end, yeah. And he thanks the colonel for the first good thing in his life in over 10 years. The colonel gives John the keys to a motorbike because Rambo needs a motorbike, obviously. Some money for gas and tells him to close this chapter and then to live his life as best he can. They shake hands, now as friends and not just as CO and soldier. Rambo thanks Troutman again and rides off into the distance. Wolverine. It's all gone a bit X-Men Origins Wolverine. He rides mm. a motorbike through a helicopter and cuts yeah. it. Helicopters. With... Yeah, yeah. Mm. The classic Rambo thing of helicopters. Mm. You read my mind, man. We see a montage of John riding the motorbike across the American countryside. Because America, that's why. Fucking Neil mm. Diamond playing or some oh, shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Occasionally stopping to talk to people to ask for directions. He finally arrives at a derelict-looking old biker bar. There are a couple. That's gonna go bad. There are a couple of patrons, and John is greeted behind the bar by a large man with a handlebar moustache. Say hello to Jake the Snake Roberts, yep. who has one of the best voices yep. ever. <laughs> he frowns at Rambo, seeming like he recognizes him, and then asks him what he'd like to drink. John orders a whiskey with ice and pulls out the note with the address on it, explaining who sent him. The mustachioed man laughs when Rambo mentions Troutman and asks how the old bastard is. John is surprised and recognizes the man as Bronson, one of his old squad mates. Save for his height, Bronson is almost unrecognizable from the young man who served alongside him in Nam. Bronson asks why John Rambo's here. John Rambo says he just wants to talk, but Bronson doesn't believe him and throws a punch over the bar, catching John by surprise. Once again, Jake the Snake Roberts is six foot five, mm. six foot six. Big presence. Yeah, he, he's, he's done some acting gigs as well, actually. Mm. And he's famous for basically being a bit of a brawler and oh, li- yeah. literally being an alcoholic and a mm. drug addict for years. And he he cleaning looks his like every bar ruffian fuck yeah. you've ever imagined. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a yeah. long mullet. He's really fucking tall. A big old handlebar moustache. And he literally talks like this. <laughs> and he's real scary. And uh, yeah, his his promos and stuff are really John Goddamn Rambo. Exactly. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can really imagine him kind of growling yeah. words out and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Reading this reminds me, like, <laughs> kind of John Rambo should kind of be like every Jackie Chan character, where he's like, I don't want any trouble. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he's dodging in between rungs yeah, of a ladder yeah, yeah. and stuff. Oh yeah. man. 
we just swap over. We do like a black dynamite, and we just have <laughs> Jackie Chan be Sylvester Stallone's <laughs> stunt coordinator, yeah. and just be like, "Yeah, you're just gonna do a backflip <gasps> and then catch the thing, and then front flip again." First blood, first strike. Oh <laughs> my god! How did I not do that? The Jackie Chan crossover we all wanted. The two former Green Berets battle across the bar, smashing each other through bottles and tables. Bronson is much more powerful, but John is quicker and more strategic. Despite absorbing some heavy blows and injuring his arm, Rambo is able to take down Bronson with his own momentum and pin him on the ground. One, two, three. No. <laughs> more strategic. It's like, what does he do? Dress up like the bar, like he's in the fucking woods. <laughs> he's wearing a chair on his back, like, oh, you fellas here. <laughs> pulls I didn't say up. stealthy. Yeah, but that's you, his... could, you could fight more strategically. No, no, see, that's him in First Blood. Just him, oh, like, right, yeah, yeah. Hidden yeah, in the woods, yeah. like, I'm in the jungle. Yeah. He also dodges a bullet. Yeah. yeah. He tells Bronson that he really isn't here to fight. He just wants to talk to Ortega and Danforth. Bronson laughs and coughs saying that he should have said so. They're upstairs. John lets go of Bronson and heads upstairs. John quietly opens a door to see two men, one lying in bed and the other sitting next to him. Danforth turns in his chair and greets John, telling them he's here to kill them. He's too late. John focuses on Ortega and realises how sick he looks. John says he never wanted to kill anybody, least of all his fellow soldiers. Ortega stirs and mutters that Rambo killed a cop. John gives a speech about how he could have killed Tietel. He could have killed Bronson downstairs if he wanted to. These men know what Rambo is capable of when he's pushed to his limits. He doesn't want to be that man anymore. He says the thing, no more blood will be spilled. He said the thing. He said the thing. He did. I did think about no more blood, no more blood spilled as a full title, potentially. Well, I shortened it. Uh, no, no, but yeah. title-wise that works. No yeah. more blood makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more, yeah. Yeah, snappier, yeah. John asks what's wrong with Ortega and receives a muttered reply of cancer. A goddamn orange shit. Similar to Delmar. Yep. This one's mm-hmm. taken a yep. little bit longer. And, and uh, basically yeah. has kind of been stewing for the last decade Yeah, it's, it's, or so it's in the system. He, he, he escaped it, but not for long. Mm. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. You thought you got away with it, but yeah. actually, no, mm. you're still paying for the things you did in Vietnam. Oh, yeah, you can't escape it. That's themes, yeah, themes, yeah. etc. Et I see the layers. John says, it was like old Delmar. And the other two react. Apparently unaware of the fact that Delmar had passed away all those years ago. Rambo explains what happened with Delmar and how that was the trigger for everything that happened in Hope. Ortega whispers an apology to John and says he deserves better and he hopes he can live a peaceful life on his and Delmar's behalf. John says he's going to try his hardest and he shares the piece together photo of their squad with the other two men. We zoom in on the faces in the photo and fade to black. There we go. <laughs> Frank, Frank Stallone sings some bollocks over the credits. God, <laughs> the songs in Rambo's <laughs> films are so bad. Yeah. However, score by your boy Jerry Goldsmith. Damn fucking yeah. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a then good fucking Frank shows up and there's like better twang some bullshit guitar bollocks. <laughs> I went Randy Newman for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Randy Newman Randy does Newman. Rambo. Rambo He's Newman. <laughs> Rambo throws a rock, falls out of a helicopter. <laughs> He's going to regret it. Hanging on a cliff. Dodges a bullet. <laughs> man shoots him once, shoots him twice, <laughs> shoots him three, three times. times. <laughs> Jump in the woods. <laughs> oh, Brilliant. So Very that good. is my Rambo follow up. Like I said, completely yeah. original. 
mm. from from a story perspective. No, no, no. no, no. And I'm sure it's not because everything. Well, everything's well, inspired by there's a else. film Stuart and I like uh, called this No More Blur called from 1982 called Kill Squad. Ah. It's fucking awful. Interesting, but it's hilariously awful. Um, it's about a squad of people who were in Vietnam and they're all summoned together with the phrase Joseph needs you. He goes, oh, you should have just told me and I'll come back again. And then the spoilers for this fucking terrible movie. Uh, it's like a 40 year old film. 40 year old yeah. low rent film that no one's watching. Um, they find out and it looks like it's from the 1971 mm-hmm. and it um, ends with like, who's the guy who's trying to take out this squad? It's Joseph. It's like, what? It's like, well, they come back from Vietnam and they're all fine, but he was in a wheelchair. It's like, what? <laughs> so, in a way. <laughs> oh, shit. I've remade Kill Squad. <laughs> but Kill Squad My is. My favorite movie. Dog Willy. Um, no, it's terrible. But this sounds actually really good. I like what this does. I like it. It stays with the, the correct themes. It definitely something to get its teeth into. Has the right message, I think, um, at a time as well when. The Gulf War is sort of starting up mm-hmm. proper, yep. as it were. So there's very much that air of war in American mindset. Yep. We're in the Bush era rather than Reagan era. So it's a bit of a different Yeah, time. this is H.W. Mm. Bush before yep, that's great. Yeah. takes over later on. Um, it's also before things like the big 90s prison movies like Shawshank Redemption and, and Green Mile. So it's not like, like we're like... years before Shawshank, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, oversaturation yeah. there. So I think it's really... so. And again... A lot of the layers and themes that work in First Blood are really nicely done here. I actually really, again, I don't have a lot of notes. I really oh, cool. like it. I yeah. really like it. This is this is one I because I don't like Rambo films. Well, yeah, this is one I was kind of coming to fairly nervous because it is so different from First Blood to Rambo. Some people are going to hate for that fact. Yeah, mm. yeah. Eighty fucking one percent like Last Blood for that reason. Whether whether this would work in terms of like audience and stuff, like whether they're clamoring for obviously in this universe, Rambo two never happens, so this is a whole thing of like mm. all that kind of stuff. Like the eighties action thing sure. doesn't feature Rambo, so where Stallone is at that point, like I said, mm. I was thinking more of like a career renaissance revival yeah, 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 for another yeah, yeah, film yeah, yeah. in the nineties. Reinject so he energy, doesn't yeah. make that terrible Judge Dread movie and stuff. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was a. I'm, I wonder how well it would go down in terms of box office as an audience and stuff like that. Well, I think the other crucial thing that you have here at the time, 1992, is the same year Unforgiven comes out. Mm, yes. Yep. And there's Great movie. kind of a lot of similarity yep. there. I can there. See that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of that old yeah. regret. And I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm a badass killer of men and children and women, Bill Money. I'm, I'm a bad man. But you see it, and it's not like what you'd expect from like something like Tombstone, yeah, where it's yeah. like, Something cool in this cool showdown, like mm. this is like just really awkward, clumsy shooting gun. So yeah, I think I think, that, and also the very gritty, visceral style you have the fights. I think that's going to play out very well as well. Mm. Also, have to remember, people thought we were done with Rocky. Rocky Balboa comes out in like what, 2006. Mm. I really like that film. I think it's I really do, solid. Yeah, yeah I like Balboa and it's like, a lot. we're done with Rocky. We've done it. Creed comes Creed, out. Creed motherfuckers. Mm. God damn. And that's Creed good. and Creed Two yeah. are both fantastic. I agree. In my so I think I know it's a different time, but I think it's actually a good time to release it. I think mm. you could do it later. You could do it two thousand two. It would have this. God, actually, you know, two thousand two would be a hard time to do it. Mm. So yeah, I I, I did twenty twenty could do it. I thought about mm. like two thousand two because I do tend to stick to like ten years, five years, mm. sure, sure, sure. significance. And then and and then basically that is my plan going in, and then I adjust for like, oh, they're doing this thing. This director's mm. not there. So yeah, and so, yeah, so and so died two years, so I need to bring it mm. back early. All this kind of stuff. I originally planned for 87. I was like, mm-hmm. five years in prison, blah, 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 blah. 
thinking about like, and then I thought like, oh yeah, I could bring in like Jesse Ventura and stuff, just like in Predator in 1987. Yeah. Predators in 1987. Mm. Mm. They go off to script Asian country and mm. yeah, kill a bunch of civilians for no reason. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was kind of like my thinking of like early nineties as an option and thinking about Stallone's career and all that kind of stuff. Like, well, cl- classically speaking in sequelizers fashion, there is always the tricky argument. We've had this in this previous episodes. Like you could never make this. It's like, why not? Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Because this actor would never come back because this person would, because they, they wouldn't let you do this. Similarly, I am God in this universe. That's I don't thing. care. A studio with as long the as success... the person's still alive. It's like yeah, but the studio with the success of First Blood would never let it go that long out of out of print. That, and that, also, see, that was a big thing for me as well. Like, yeah, yeah. that's why I originally aimed for eighty-seven. Because even then, I'm thinking like that film made so much money on its budget, they would want to churn one out pretty quickly. Mm. But we're here to make good films. I am God with in this universe. Exactly. So it doesn't <laughs> matter. That it's like well, a studio. It's like you want to know why these films are usually bad? Why we're sequelizing them? Because the studio they churn push... them out for money. Yeah, yeah the first yeah. film is like it's it's a book and it's been nurtured and the script has been reworked mm. over and over and over. You've the got script two was years. rewritten famously like a dozen times. Yes. Yeah, it was in development and... like Clint Based... Eastwood was going to be in yeah, it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I think <sighs> it's interesting because it, it, there's there's the question in my mind of like, oh, you know, would you want a a Rambo movie? in 92 when you've had Die Hard come along and kind of transform mm. action cinema yeah, yeah, true. but then if you haven't had Rambo be a big franchise it yeah kind of you think like well would, would that reshape how the 80s plays out in terms of like the, the aesthetics <laughs> of like <laughs> yeah, the yeah. big muscle man that Die mm. Hard was then a reaction to yeah, so right right yeah um but did I, I just ruin Die Hard oh shit <laughs> no, Sw- oh no I'm undoing the timeline Schwarzenegger's still doing stuff that's yeah. true that's true uh, I'm tempted to say maybe push it to 97 and have Ooh, it be like a one-two punch mm. that and Copland come out oh okay. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Um, just to get a bit more distance from a bit more age a bit more a bit, bit more, bit more age stuff. yeah, yeah. Um, those old wrestlers are still old wrestlers that's fine yeah some of them might be dead by then because I think I think you, I, I did when you cast wrestlers and stuff, yeah, especially eighties yeah. and nineties well, wrestlers. Yeah, I'm like, would, oh would, god, who who's died of a heart attack since you'd then? Miss out All on Raul Julia, unfortunately. Yes, of course, he passed well, away in ninety four. Yeah, yeah. but um, but it's a small role. Like, yeah, he's literally there. Yeah, he's so kind of the true. mastermind behind the whole thing, but he's he's a very small role there. So, yeah, I think yeah. you you definitely need to have it before two thousand and one because I think that just the nature of. How America deals America considers the military and, and yeah. thinks about Vietnam and stuff like that yeah. changes so I, much. I, then, yeah, I, I know this is yeah, it is kind of a military thing inherently because mm. he was in Vietnam and mm. stuff. I did try to get away from the military stuff a bit, thinking mm. about like oh, saying, "Oh no, you you did, I think, yeah." Towards yeah. towards more like the prison system and all that kind of stuff, and how that fucks people mm. over as well. Yes. And yes. Mm. nobody really talks about how fucked up the mm. prison system is in America and across the world and. Society being failed by society. society yeah, mm. he's been failed by society at war. He's been failed by society at home with the cops and mm-hmm. people who should serve and protect him yeah. after he has served his country and protected freedom and mm-hmm. all fucking bollocks. Mm. And then in the prison system, you're there to be rehabilitated and reformed and go out into the world mm. and be a better person. It's yeah. like, nope. It's the idea that you don't go to prison to be punished. Being in prison is the punishment. Yes, yeah. Mm. I I think... I really, I really liked it to echo like Matt's thoughts. Thought it was really good. 
much more kind of contemplative and 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 sort of measured than the madness yeah, that yeah. is first that's a, that's a low bar but thank you first blood <laughs> first blood part de electric boogaloo yeah um <laughs> i feel like pacing wise it's a little bit off mm. i think you either need to have prison be basically the pretty much the whole movie and mm. and have him find out about Ortega and Danforth while he's still in prison and trying to think through that and 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 wrestle with the logic of it. Wrestle yeah. mm. wrestle with it while he still can't even get wrestle, out to Jack wrestling. <laughs> yeah, can't can't get out to deal with them and then That's have it have yeah. it be as the ending or I think you need to have him prison just be the the first like first third right and then have yeah, yeah. a more detailed search for them and dealing with some other issues and kind of the and and perhaps like the idea of like well you know once you're supposedly paid your debt to society like how does society then treat you mm. and and compare sure. kind of leaving prison to the returning home from vietnam stuff yeah i like that um, a lot of him yeah yeah i think i think having it because it kind of it sort of it felt a little bit awkward to me just the the pacing of it but i think that's something very easily solved and you could go either a direction in that and yeah I think it would still be I, I definitely was conscious of that kind of going into that the finale and kind of stuff mm. like and there's a montage of him riding a bike mm -hmm. yeah. i think it's always it's, it runs the risk of being a little too close to the first one a little too mm. close to the first one shall we say um in terms of releasing something else because so, again you're right it, it, it's like the layers and substitution could end up being too on the nose if we like talking about mm. institutionalized prison and um yeah, that. yeah but at the same time um I could see it working both ways. I could definitely see that. I could see Rambo having a friend in prison who gets released from prison, who is then mistreated on the outside, and he can't mm. do anything about it. That, that again, classically the, the the Shawshank thing, basically. Yeah. Uh, because if it's not his, if it's his experience, as we kind of see in Rambo Two, first bud, fucking whatever. Um, <laughs> in that moment, he's like, "I could take it. I'm, I'm all right. I've I've taken all the hate." Mm. But if it's someone else, it's like, "No, he was just a good kid. He yeah, was trying." Yeah. And he got out, and even then, the society well. didn't yeah. pick him up. And then when he gets out, he's still treated like shit. Because again, wearing the sort of um, uh, the military outfit singles him out to Teasel, but nobody wears fucking orange jumpsuits when they're out of prison. Yeah. Or oh, well, you get yeah. prison tats and things that yeah. sing you out as being prison, etc. But I, I think, yeah, a, a little bit more like disconnecting the outside world that he is trying to get back to. And it's like, do you and again like with morale for example? Like, do you really want to go back there? Mm. Mm. Is there anything for you that do you won't be able to readjust? Um, and then again having the, having that sort of last run at the end again. I'm thinking about the Shawshank Redemption style. I know it's a much longer film. It's very different. Covers decades and so on and so forth. I think yeah, and the fact that I kept it to ninety minutes, I think you could you could get away with extending it and kind of yeah, just a little bit, a little bit, yeah, bits mm. and pieces from both of you guys. It's not filler. It's not puff. Good... It's just more just. Bit, I think. It has it has such an emotional core and it has a lot of weight to it. I think it just needs a little bit more mm. clout at times. I think it's mm. there. I think yeah. I, again, I think I, I think it's very solid. I think doing this is a very solid statement. I think again, if I was reviewing this at the time, I was like, okay, so we're talking about how Vietnam and now his prison is new Vietnam, and he gets out and like, oh, they treat me because I'm a, I'm a prisoner. It's like he's just substituted one for the other, even mm. though they are part and parcel of the same thing. So I, I can see both working. Mm. I can see both failing beyond the execution. And we'll still own directing. Yeah, it could go either way. And as you say, with things like Unforgiven, for example, 
I think America's at a, a point where it's like, yeah, we need to have a conversation about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Not not sure how to do it yet, but this could be part We're not going to deal with it, but we'll talk about it. Yeah, and this yeah. is the key thing. I do think we need to talk about as well how we've changed the landscape. You have made another first blood. Yay, good. I appreciate that. Which means we don't have the Rambo cliche. We don't have... We have it in other forms. We have the oh, other people. We still I've, have Arnie. I've undone other... UHF. Yeah. Oh, no. no. But <laughs> we, UHF. we know that Stallone would probably still have appeared in other action films mm. in this role. Maybe, it just yeah. It wouldn't yeah. be called Rambo. Mm. And that's interesting because I think that you couldn't avoid that muscular... Was, uh, Tim was mentioning about you know the uh, a nation defeated is one who's looking for these very typical mm. strongman nonsense. But I think it's... It's, it was on that trajectory. We can't derail it that much. I mean, saying like, oh, if Star Wars doesn't get released in 1977, mm-hmm. what do we end up with? It's a different environment. Mm-hmm. Rambo doesn't get out. You have a different Rambo. Basically. Yeah, like you say, you've still got Arnie doing Commando. Yeah. And, and, stuff and Stallone's like that. still a big action star. He'll just do another film with a Cobra mm. will be bigger. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. Like yeah. Um, yeah. Also directed by Cosmatos, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yes, but yeah. enough, yeah. But, but yeah, so, so I, I think this is the right fit for this movie. Mm-hmm. I think all things considered, it is a better sequel and a more fitting sequel. Um, and again, Morel talking about like John Rambo, the fourth one, saying this is the energy, someone who's yeah. just so angry and tired mm. and has nothing to it, but, but he can't be anything else um, except the fact that with the prison system and therapy. All you've done is try to train me to kill. That's all I know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But this is trying to say that like, this is a very 2020s outlook, but it's like, how can I fix this man? How can I change? Therapy, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Talk to someone. Yeah, I did look this up. So I was like, when would prison therapy be a thing? When is like treatment for PSD a thing and all this kind of stuff? Because it was, it's gone through a variety of different names. Like shell shock was oh, the yeah, thing yeah. in like the Second World War and the First World War and all this kind of stuff. Mm. Like only fairly recently in, in terms of like psychological analysis mm. and all that kind of stuff has it been addressed as post-traumatic stress mm. disorder. and Thankfully, that was in the 70s when they introduced that term. Mm. Yes. So I can get away with having that kind of like explicitly stated in this movie in the 90s mm. from an 80s franchise and all that kind of stuff and, mm-hmm. and think about that sort of things. But yeah, I do wonder if I'm obviously coming in with I was born in 1990 yeah. <laughs> and now it's 2021. So it's like this. Well, there's examples I'm coming with this of very it's modern not out, yeah, outlook not, to yeah, it. No, yeah. it's, it's, I don't think it's out mm. of place. I don't think it's. Um, Something that doesn't fit. I think it is just something that um, is is hard to see around. Again, people. I know what the audience is doing now. People listening to this. People are Rambo fans. Like, oh, I don't know. I don't feel like oh, that. Fucking like, therapy and a Rambo. Get my get <laughs> yeah. therapy and a Rambo. He didn't have enough action. It's like, yeah, because you're ex- you're thinking of two, three, four. You're mm. thinking of the legacy. And that was a very conscious decision mm. for me as well. I yeah, like, I need to have action in this movie. I- I could literally just have him hanging out in prison and then going out and meeting these guys, having mm. a chat, and then them hanging out. One like, for the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do something really kind of small and none of that. Yeah. I was like, I need, I need to. Have, it's it's still he Rambo. He still needs to be fought every now and again. He's yeah, to, yes. exactly. He still needs to be he has to sleep physically challenged and all that kind of stuff. As well, yeah, so, yeah. No, solid, solid for me. I uh, I was slightly surprised you had his relationship with Troutman just be kind of same friendship. And yeah, didn't, and didn't try and subvert that at all i'm not gonna lie i hadn't even thought about that mm. i was like when you mentioned it earlier i was like shit troutman's a very good guy in my sequel <laughs> um, i actually really like the idea maybe troutman is subverting this in some way and mm. is involved in spreading the rumor that mm. he killed a cop and all that kind of stuff mm. he's actually not because mm. yeah 
it is fairly saccharine sweet in my it also <laughs> it also behooves him to spread the idea that this man that he trained as a killer is the perfect killer mm. if he, but he also could be controlled because he didn't he on you know he let them live he's the and and Troutman mm. is the one who stopped him as well and yeah and he's, kind of he's yeah. the dog on my on my yeah, command he's the dog on my leash it's yeah. it's the fucking it, it, it's Vincent D'Onofrio how he thinks he sees himself in Jurassic World. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. You're gonna train yeah, these yeah. raptors. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. So question leading into statement. You could make the, you, that could sow the seed for a very interesting story in a third Rambo oh, film where it's revealed that Troutman go. is in fact mm. uh, not an ally and has never been an ally and has always been mm. a problem. Yeah. But this is the question. This is the end of Rambo question. Yes. Because the, the photograph thinking, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, photograph? The photograph like photograph? The photograph no, the, pho the photograph really feels like a torn up and crossed faces and things like that. I think that's really nice symbolism and things mm. about the, sh the fractured group, etc. Yep. That feels like a close. Yes. Mm. That was the first intention. one doesn't yeah. need a sequel. This one doesn't need a sequel. It, it, yeah, it's the classic sequelizer thing of like, what's the answer? Don't do a sequel <laughs> to it. I think we've had that issue quite a lot in, in some of the sequels we've done. I think you can get away with Rambit because we have seen fucking four sequels mm. to this. Of varying degrees and varying quality and stuff, but I actually really like your idea, Tim, of sowing the seeds and then what you said, Matt, playing with that and expanding it into a sequel mm. of some kind, or just having, yeah, having Troutman be, for a better phrase, like the mastermind behind it and and all sure. this kind of stuff and and spreading the kind of mistrust and misunderstanding and stuff mm. between the different members of the team and yeah. oh yeah they died in Nam and it was like mm -hmm. they didn't die in Nam and almost have him like gaslight Rambo That's or something thing, like that, yeah. and that mm. kind of thing. Like, Especially considering... What are you talking about? They've been alive for years and blah blah blah. Mm. It's like oh. Especially considering he says oh, it's like, I I tried to come to you and you were like, oh I was in Washington DC and I'm yeah, like, yeah, don't yeah. worry about it. It's like and but again in Washington he's like I can train killers. I can try I train this guy and it actually mm. helps it. the the headlines of Rambo going on this rampage mm. is like yeah see done. Yeah, mm. I could do yeah. that again. I can do. Give me the next conflict and the Iraq War, and mm. it could be the. So there's so many things you could do with it in theory, but again, it's the whole. Should we? Mm. Yeah. But I think also if you didn't have their big action star that Rambo as a character becomes, and all the sort of parody knockoff silly nonsense and the cartoon and the fucking serial and the video games and all mm. that sort of. God, it was a cartoon as well. Yeah. That? Jesus Christ! All that shit. That? If you didn't have that, it'd be like. Yeah, I really like First Blood. That, that's, we need another one of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, cool. No, I like it. Yeah, Good I opener. Think a very, yeah, very solid start to the season. A lot, of, a lot of pressure now. Well, if you want to talk Ram, if we've got any diehard Rambo fans out there, I'm sure there's plenty of you guys who love the 80s action stuff. We're going to get chewed up for that. Probably, yeah. People are going to have a, have a real go at me on the Discord and stuff. And if you want to join them, you can go to sequelizers.com. You can find the links to all of our social media the link to the Discord, the link to the Patreon, the link to the YouTube channel where you can find all the live streams. And you can also stream and download all the episodes directly on our website as well. So sequelizers.com is the hub of all sequelizers information. If you want to support us, you want to subscribe to us, you want to listen to us, you want to follow us, all that good stuff can be found in one lovely place. Oh, and by the way, you can buy t-shirts there as well. There's a shop. <laughs> Go and buy some t-shirts. They're delightful. Locally printed, locally designed. Uh, designed by our wonderful Mr. John Scarrett and printed locally here by Vino Sangre, who are a local mm. eco-friendly printing company. We like to support local businesses when we can and all that kind of stuff. And we are in the 
process of working out some more merch and deciding some more stuff for this season. So more will be joining the store, hopefully sometime in the near future as well. Mm. In the meantime, if you do want to argue with me about Rambo and why this is a terrible idea to end the franchise in the 90s, I'm JLW Chambers on all the social medias. Matthew, if people want to argue with you about 80s action movies and how good or bad they are, sure. where can they go? Stogs, S-T-O-G-H-Z, on all the social medias. You can go to cheesemint.com and see the things I make. You can go to the red right hand at Cody K and see the things that I review. Tim! Uh, you goddamn son of a bitch. son of a bitch. I mean, what, what, what we choose to call hell, Tim chooses to call home. <laughs> Where is that home, Tim? You can find Twits. me slathered up in mud, oh. hiding in the river that is oh. Twitter. <laughs> the hell shit. that we all call home. Yeah. Um, trivia underscore lad uh, is where I tweet things that will make a Billy Goat puke. <laughs> I'm definitely changing my location on Twitter. <laughs> Places people consider Places hell that I like call home. home. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. If you have just joined us, welcome to Sequelizers. Welcome to Season 9. We'll have 11 more of these wonderful pitches coming up between the three of us for the rest of the season, including oh, oh, a much-anticipated season finale. Jesus, yeah. One of the big, famous, bad sequels of all time and 10 other movies. Jack, are you going to give us your catchphrase? Your current catchphrase. What the fuck uh, is my catchphrase? Exactly. Your catchphrase is at this point in the show, next week, listeners, oh, it's something completely, completely different. different. <laughs> I know I say oh this, God, but it's. You use that every yeah. episode. <laughs> I know I say this every episode, but it's something completely different. I mean, the thing is, because how we ought to structure the season, it is. Except one time this. This is going to fuck you up, listeners. Hold on, hold on. One time this season. There are two films that are kind of the same. Very tangentially. Oh, interesting. I'll tell you guys what they are. But yeah, uh, something completely different coming up next week. Fucking hell. <laughs> I got the catchphrase in there. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week for part two of Rambo First Blood, part two, part six, <laughs> a.k.a. season nine, episode two. This will be good to win. <laughs> <laughs>